Eleven O'Clock Comics, Episode And that's the thing, I I was letting them build up not for no other reason because they were I was getting inundated with voicemails. We get a lot of voicemails here, yeah. and and I like to string Matt's along so they have some kind of continuity, some kind of conceptual thing going on. And he just kept sending them and sending them, and I, all of a sudden I saw there was nine. I was like, I have to do something <laughs> because I can imagine that those intercontinental minutes are not cheap. Yeah, well, you never know. Yeah. You never know. You know. Oh, um, um, before we dive in here, Vince, do you want me to get Kupperman to sign anything for you, or Becky Cloonan? I'm still mad at you for that. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it. <laughs> I know. I, I know. know. Yeah, I, I, I have the the Tales design a thrizzle, and it would have been really cool if I could have gotten the uh, the Marvel 70th anniversary issue. I forget which one it, what in, he's in, but that would have uh-huh. been neat. Nah, that's okay. Just get sign a napkin or something. That'd be cool. Okay, I think I'm going to get that hardcover and have him sign it. Oh, there you go. Thrizzle? Thrizzle's awesome. You need to no, get the, that. No, the 70th anniversary. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah no, I have nice the hardcover. It was, that was nice. Is it, is it nice? Because I haven't bought it yet, but I, is it, it nice? It is nice. It just it does not include the reprints that were in the See, back of the one. Uh, I, I, I knew I was smart for buying the singles. Those yeah, yeah, reprints. I got the singles I'm, of Wild Pig, so. Yeah, yeah awesome. I have most of the singles. I'll probably pick up whichever ones I don't, but. That like golden that. golden age stuff is amazing. It, it's oh, gold, gosh. yeah. All right, hey, we're running long a little bit here, but you know what? Yeah, this is, that's this, gonna be a theme for tonight because we're gonna run long. Uh, you're listening to Eleven O'clock Comics. Wow, I'm Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And I'm Simon Cowell. No, you're not. Oh, you, oh you're leaving too? <laughs> oh. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not leaving this show. I'm just. I'm, oh, okay. I'm leaving my other he, show for this one. This is the new. He, show. He's he's starting up his British version of this show. <laughs> this is the X Factor uh, nice. comics o'clock. You're, we just br- bring Templar on uh, full time and just cut yes. the chase. Ooh, there's an idea. You are not Simon. You are Jason Wood, recently returned from Vegas, where you got all stanky, and uh, <laughs> and, and allegedly. As, right, yes. And as usual, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by that amazing oasis on the internet of unbelievable discounts, dcbservice.com. Discount comic book service, awesome Wumba discounts on your favorite comics and collectibles, uh, great service, great delivery right to your door, dcbservice.com. Check them out. And Ditko stuff, say no more, Ditko stuff. So... uh yeah, I'm I'm trying to get this done a little quickly because this episode, as Jason has been so diligently working on it, and Chris is champing at the bit to do, uh, it's the 11 O'Clockers, our picks for the best stuff of 2009, and your picks, uh, people on our forum, which is currently a frothy shake of piss and vinegar over 
some news <laughs> that that Chris just dropped. That but, we'll uh, talk about another time. Yes, if you yes. want to, if you want to play along at home, you can find our forum at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or www.11o'clockcomics.com. There are image uh, centric categories in this list, like favorite cover, blah blah blah. And what I thought I would do is post my runners up and my winner. In the, in the thread, so they can actually see what the hell we're talking about. So if you guys want to do that too, you know that would be cool. Great, um, yeah. And uh, you can follow along there and play at home with us when this All thing right. comes out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I was stirring nice. it up on the forum, huh? So wait, so so tomorrow. Yeah. But if they're already listening to it, they have to stop and come back the next day. It- well, they could do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so, confused. So, somebody like tomorrow is today. Tomorrow, tomorrow, today. Tomorrow, but by the time the person listens to it, right. they're listening to it. And it's like, why am I coming? What, what's tomorrow? I'm already listening to it now. That's true. What's <laughs> what's so let's picky? Knock this, uh, so let's picky. Knock, let's knock this drink roll call out so we can we can get to all of the silliness. Yeah. What, you, what say ye? Uh, why don't we just shout it out? I'm drinking Yingling. Nice, uh, Jason. Uh, I am drinking some red wine. I'm actually drinking some Clos de la Siete. It's an Argentinian uh, table wine that uh, that my wife found that's awesome. Very nice. Mr. Price? I am um, working my way through a very not-too-good vodka martini. Uh, maybe it'll get better. They usually do as you go. I'm hoping. You're there, you just get numb. Maybe, my, maybe my taste buds will be deadened by the time we get to the bottom. Um, it, it is it is wintertime, and it is uh, colder than a witch's tit in a tin bra here in Chicago, oh, man. Boy. It is just not not comfortable. So I'm drinking one of my other favorite winter drinks. I think I talked about a hot toddy uh, a month or so ago. Um, I'll also uh, get some tea going with a, with a little whiskey as well from time to time. So I have some uh, cranberry apple tea that we bought from a, we got a great uh, coffee and tea shop here in Chicago so I got uh, got some really nice loose cranberry and apple tea and I've got some of Val Staples uh, Buffalo Trace bourbon in it nice yay it's a very very tasty warm winter drink so there you not, go not the last oh. time we're going to hear that name this episode Ah uh, yeah oh uh, and speaking of drink roll call hilarious with the uh, um, iFanboy Drink roll call this week. Yes, giving us love. Yep. 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 Appreciate listen, that, guys. You listen. They did a, a fun Ustream episode, and they were uh, they were all tipping them back, or, or Josh and or no, uh, uh, Ron and Connor were, and so they had a uh, an eleven o'clock style drink roll call, which I thought and, was fun. and credited us as such. Yes, very nice, very Good nice. Piece. Good piece. Uh, if you've pay, been paying attention to the feed, uh, I put out a little special episode last time of all our built up. Hotline messages. I just got to take care of a little bit of business before we get into the 11 o'clockers. We got two listener emails. They're really quick. I just want to rattle these things off so we can be wiped the slate clean with this episode. How's that? Okay. Get on it. First one's from a listener, Joe Watson. He says, I just wanted to say hey and love the show. Your podcast has become a routine discussion between a couple of buddies and me at work. Oh, nice. Poor souls. It's love the nice. podcast. I just had a quick question. I know I hear y'all talking about what conventions you will be, will be attending, but uh-huh. never seem to hear anything about Heroes Con. I was wondering if y'all had any intentions of trying to make it to Heroes Con this year. Anyway, love the show and keep doing what y'all do. Take care, Joe Watson. 
Uh, I, I, would, I would love to, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. But I would love to because I hear great hmm. things about Heroes. Yeah. I, w- I was going to say it's not outside of the realm of possibility, but, you know, we just take things as they come, day by day, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah, same thing. I've, I've heard that's an awesome con, but but it's just hard to... You know, we don't uh, we we don't have the uh, the bandwidth to to hit you know dozens of cons, so we kind of have to pick our spots. That's true. It's it's getting it's getting to be closer of a possibility for me because my father moved down to North Carolina oh, yeah. late last year. So it's you know Charlotte might be a couple hours, three hours away from Dad's house, but at least I have a place to go while I'm down there. So yeah, so it. it it's more possible now than it ever has. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say that if we don't hit it this year, then I'd say 2011 is a real good possibility because mm-hmm. it's like definitely it. so, on my list to go to. So by Gotta proxy, David, if if you have a place to stay down there, then we have yes, a place to stay. we do. <laughs> nice. We should hit it next year because we're not going to be able to do it in 2012. You know what I mean? Yes, of course. Well, wait, no. So. Is nah, it, like, it's going to start early. Because the, yeah. okay. the end of the world. Why? There you go. Uh, the, the next message comes from Mr. Garrick Greathouse. How about that name? That, that he's, de- he's, he's destined for fame. Uh, he actually had a, a hotline message in the special, and he said, uh, I'm the guy that left the very last voicemail you played on the hotline special, episode one. I listened to the show, and I came off a bit harsher than I wanted to, so I want to clarify something. When I say Stan's work doesn't hold up, I mean the actual text of his old comics. The themes and attitude of those early Fantastic Four and Spider-Man issues not only hold up, but are still the foundation of modern superhero comics. I forget the guest or even the podcast he was on, but on an interview last fall, somebody pointed the exact moment he became a lifelong Marvel fan. It was the late 60s, and he had picked up a copy of Fantastic Four and a copy of Action Comics. In the Fantastic Four, Sue was mocking Ben's appearance. I can't believe that's true. So he was storming around and threatening to leave the team. They were behaving like an actual family would. Whereas, in contrast, Action Comics had Superman tied to a polygraph machine, using his super breath to throw off the results. That's awesome! Realistic and heartfelt versus, well, stupid. That's awesome! Dude, if you had super breath, you would do the same thing! No, because I wouldn't be in the position where I would need to take a polygraph test. While Stan's writing was far too pandering even for his target audience, humanizing the characters was a genius move. Yay, that was from Garrett Greathouse. So now, we're clean. Slate. Ooh, on with the show. I'll carry that one over to next week and I'll argue. Um, uh, And quick note, Jason, thank you so much work. Uh, Jason has tabulated all of the forum results and and had a great Google Doc for us to put our entries in. You did a lot of work, so thank you. Isn't it nice when they finally, you know, start pulling their weight? Honestly, God. It was about time. It only took 91 episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Showing up at 920 every night. Oh, for real. (laughs) Even though I was here at 9 o'clock tonight. Um, But uh, also, though, seriously, thanks to the community because um, uh, we had almost or actually just slightly over 150 different voters, um, which is awesome. I I didn't expect to have that that many. Yeah, sign up just to vote. Yeah, yeah, we had a rash of new members. That's right, in the last week or so, and a lot of them popped in and voted. So that's really great. Thanks so much, guys, and uh, and it made for quite a sampling. I mean, as you'll see as we go on with this, there's, I mean, some categories had like fifty to sixty different individual votes of different stuff. So it just shows you what a a wide ranging um, you know collection of stuff our audience is into, and it, it made for a, a fun fun uh, fun tabulation. So nice. All right. 
Well, well, Vince, you you lead us off, right? Are we just gonna we're gonna um, um, go down the line and and each person kind of takes a category to lead us off, and the yeah. other ones give the okay. We'll Which, we'll do yeah. our our usual cir- circular logic here. Mm-hmm. Okay. First first one, we're going from the bottom up to uh, maintain the suspense, the crescendo, as it were. Mm-hmm. The the category is most disappointing news of the year. No, I'm sorry. I screwed up. It's favorite comic-related happening in another medium. Bam. Now, uh, as Jason will tell you, I dragged my ass on these awards. <laughs> I really did, because I found it very difficult to not only remember what uh, happened over the last year, but there was so much good stuff that came out that uh, picking between... My children was very hard to do, so it, it was just, no, really, it was a struggle. But I did not struggle for this category because I couldn't think of anything for this category. Favorite comic-related happening in another medium? I have no idea. Uh, Watchmen. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, See, that's why I was hoping you wouldn't start with me. Yeah, well, I, I, I tell you what. First, I'll we don't rehearse, folks. There's no script. <laughs> it's true. I'll pick. I'll pick up right with that, Vince, and I'll agree with you. Um, it, I think the uh, the much beleaguered Watchmen movie. Uh, it, it got um, uh, lukewarm reviews. Uh, financially, I don't think that it uh, that it was the the big hit that that people were were hoping for or anticipating. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I I went and saw it with a, a big group of comic book fans, and. Uh, the reaction coming out of the theater was kind of a almost a stunned silence that people didn't really know quite what to make of the movie. Uh, I've gone back and I've watched it several times afterwards, and it's a movie that for me has gotten better each time that I've watched it. And uh, and yeah, it, it in retrospect, it was it was my favorite non comic book comic book happening. Uh, in the last year, so uh, I think it, uh, like the comic itself, I, I think it's something that you can you can go back and re-experience and, and find new stuff in it. So uh, I think that Zach uh, or not, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, Zach Snyder. Out. Zach Snyder. I think he did the best job that you can do with with that source material by right, putting it on right. the, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't I don't know if anyone else could have done it better than it was done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I would say. See, I, I don't have. I didn't see Watchmen yet. I, I, I did see. My God. Wolverine Origins. That that wouldn't. As fun as it was, that wouldn't be on my list. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards the Brave and the Bold cartoon, but I'm I'm really reaching by uh, by picking Titan Maximum as my fi- favorite comic related happening, and and the reason. It's a stretch is because it's, it's a show on Adult Swim by the people that give us robot chicken about, it's, it's basically like a, a Voltron knockoff where the five ships form to make a, a, a giant robot. It's funny as hell. I enjoy it every Sunday night. And, and the reason I say it's related to comics is because two of the writers for the show are Zeb Wells and Jeff Johns. Oh. Really? Nice. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Sounds awesome, though. It is. It's what does it? Right. I know. I know. No kidding. 
It's yeah, well, I, I good. found out that he that he actually wrote the book of Matthew and did it under a pen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, David, um, you what you almost went with is what I went with, and that is the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon. Um, as uh, our listeners no doubt know, I have three uh, three sons, the oldest being six, and one of our weekly rit- rituals is on Saturday mornings to uh, pile into the uh, TV room and and watch some tunes. And uh, there's a bunch that are really cool. Um, Superhero Squad is pretty decent. They like that one, although that one is definitely more geared for them than it is me. Um, you know, Clone Wars, that's pretty cool. And there's a couple others. But the one that, that I love the most and, and, and is right up there with them is definitely Batman Brave and the Bold. Um, you know, it's 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 unbelievably well done. It, it's it's much like the, you know, the Looney Tunes cartoons were back in the day where there were little, you know, little nods and winks that only adults would get and and uh and make it worth watching but the kids you know it's it's an all ages friendly show that the kids just adore and and every episode's different i mean there's a musical episode there's you know great characterizations and and they didn't just stick to the the tried and true comic book characterizations they they definitely gave these guys their own voices and i just i adore that show unlike any cartoon in years so that that's my it's fun. vote it's yeah fun. Awesome. Um, speaking of cartoons len ween on the ben 10 yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. Might, that might be on some 2010 list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, Vince, do you, you want to take the the tally, or do you want me to hit that, or how do you want to do that for the for the vote the uh, vote votes for this? Why, why um, don't you do those? I you say you do. It, oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. thank you very much, guys. You're welcome. So, um, we actually had a tie in this category um, with 14.3 percent of the votes. Um, we had a tie between the uh, Batman Arkham Asylum video game, which uh, amongst hardcore video gamers, I've heard nothing but great things about this. I, I myself have, have not e- not seen the game, so I can't speak to it, but um, but the fact that it, it, it tied for first place probably indicates it's a darn good game. It wouldn't uh, talk and- to you anyway. Yeah, truth. And and tied with that is uh, is is another something that didn't come to mind for me when I was thinking about what to vote for. But um, but it is something I'm interested in. And that is the uh, the Walking Dead uh, TV show in development. So uh, mm. I guess presumably, given the number of votes this this got this year, that when the show comes out next year, it may well be a winner again. Is when the actual show is. How can it be your favorite happening if it hasn't happened yet? Well, to be fair, they all voted for it uh, as this being the show in development. So Frank Darabont, who uh, directed, um, uh, uh, what was the movie he directed? Uh, Talk the, about uh, prejudging the, something. Prison Escape movie. Uh, what's the the, um, the Prison the, Break? No, no, the the, the Great Escape. No, the one with uh, Shawshank Redemption. Birdman uh, Frank Darabont uh, is directing this Walking Dead TV show. It's going to be on A and E, uh, and and yeah, apparently it's it's like I said, it's not something I would have thought of because it's not out yet. But uh, it got uh, the first, the most votes in in our audience. So it, um, right. congratulations and uh, and just a couple other things. Watchmen was was close behind, as was the Brave and the Bold cartoon, and uh, we got thirty two different. Uh, Different things were nominated for this category, so uh, quite a quite wow. a diverse set of uh, of things. Yeah, so so right. there you go. Who's up next? That would be it, Chris. It's me. Okay, uh, this is <laughs> the, a very unique category. This is the worst news of the year. Uh, all, all the other all the other categories are very positive. There are favorites, and I think that we want to stay pretty positive. Uh, you know, this is a celebration of comics and our favorite picks. Uh, but I think that this, that this particular, oh, sorry guys, um, that this category does, uh, uh, 
it is kind of important because there were some crappy things that happened this year. Um, my worst news of the year, I, I thought about this quite a bit, and um, one of the things I, I hate about comics and the comics industry is some of the, the prick-waving dick contest that uh, companies and, and, and different people can, can get into. And repeatedly in 2009, we saw... Garib Seamus and the the folks from uh, Wizard Entertainment were sending out press releases and making announcements about uh, different convention uh, plans that they had made uh, with this kind of faux uh, feud with uh, with Reed Exhibitions, who runs the New York Comic Con and C2E2. And I'm not saying that that. Um, Reed is made up of a bunch of saints. I mean, they are a business and they're doing conventions to make money. But um, I've gotten to know those folks a little bit over the last year and a half, and I think that they are are focused on on doing the best job that they can um, to 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 do conventions that they get people to come back um, year after year. And the stuff that that Seamus and Wizard is doing seems little desperate and a little sad um, doing the Anaheim show the same date as C2E2 doing uh, a Big Apple the, the same day and in the same city as New York Comic Con so it was pretty cringeworthy to, to see these these press releases come out from Wizard uh, a company that, uh, that had made a lot of strides in the 90s with their magazine and built up a convention business and right now they, they seem really desperate and bitter so that that was my worst news of the year i I have to go along with with what a few other people said when this was first announced um diamond changing their their minimum order policy oh you stole my answer i did (laughs) i was waiting for you to answer it so i could take it um i mean you can elaborate on this better than i i just i i i don't i don't see the benefit i i'm just i'm I'm you're right it's disappointing and it's also very scary when the sole distributor of product within a certain art form decides that it's going to only take product that performs to a certain level. Yeah. Whereas, so then you have a bunch of potentially great sellers that will never realize their, that potential because they don't get a chance to develop and, and find an audience and, and, and go through the steps that every other magazine goes through, basically. And it cuts a lot of people out of the loop. And just and it's the the reason why they're doing it is because they're the only game in town. They can do it, so yeah. they will they will do it. And it's it's not good. A, a lot it, of very talented people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're out in, without an outlet. To, to think that like because of these these numbers, this policy, we wouldn't be able to see things by Steve Bryant, Brian Defferding. I mean, just just people whose whose work. I, I, I'm familiar with because I go to conventions, but I mean, right. to not be able to go to my LCS to, to order the comic because, you know, Diamond says they didn't sell enough or you're not ordering enough right. or not. It's not worth our time. It's, yeah, it's not no. worth our time. But uh, you do have people and entities picking up the slack, like the First Light program on DCBS, mm-hmm. and you have a, a ton of blogs where, you know, Artists and writers will promote their work, but there's nothing quite like being available in comic book stores. <laughs> I mean, if, if if a retailer can't order it, it's not going to get sold, and it's sad that uh, uh, when you're distributing art 
that commerce would come before creativity. Eh. It was well, I'm, a lot. A lot of it is that it was already a struggle, and it was already hard enough to find right. a lot of these books, and now they're just not going to be available unless you go through another layer of of looking for them. And there's like there's Haven distribution which is going to take on a lot of those titles but you know it's it just it makes it it makes it that much farther out of reach and that much harder for people to to be exposed to stuff and hey the industry is changing and in 10 years we may be looking at a completely different model um and i hope it happens a lot sooner than that well i think i think this is i think this is where digital is is going to um, make a big impact in in with with the creators that are getting cut off at the knees by the diamond minimums. I think right. you're going to see those people go digital and use the web and hopefully um, sell outside of the direct market, and uh, and so that's what's going to happen. So when when the happen. when the device does come mm-hmm. that will enable speedy and efficient delivery of comics and. Uh, Diamond and Jeppy decide Ooh, we better change our game plan. I hope it, it, it's my my number one oh, hope. No, that well, hey, we, we just mentioned Garib Sheamus. Those guys are going to be dinosaurs, and they're not going to change. Right, so don't, right. Don't even worry. I, I hope there's a collective flipping of the bird to Diamond yeah. by by all the artists and writers. Oh, speak, right. speaking of of news and non news, boy, wasn't this supposed to be the year of digital comics? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually almost my vote. Uh, my vote was almost. Um, in fact, if you if you guys were, because we have the uh, Google Doc for a while there. I in my Google Doc, the um, my vote was the lack of momentum behind digital yeah. comics. Yep. Yep. But I actually changed it because because uh, something toward the end of the year happened that, that made it far more significant to, uh, to to my life, and that is finding out that Vince hates Christmas, yep. uh, which is the worst news of the year. So. Um, you know, I, I'm proud to say that Vince and David and Chris have become my, my really good friends over the last two years. And, and so help me before uh, I pass from this earth, I'm going to have Vince uh, sitting on Santa's lap in some oh, stroke. Only if you're dressing no, up as Santa. Santa. It's not a, have, no, only, only if Santa's got a nice rack. If, if <laughs> really? To, that's what I'll do, folks. No, nah, it's it's not it's not a hatred of Christmas. It's a hatred of everything that comes with Christmas. All right. Well, let's not let's save that. Yeah. Cause we're going to be positive. Rounding out the votes, um, the audience, uh, they, they agreed with Vince and David. Um, almost 15% of, of our audience said that Diamond raising the minimum order threshold was the most disappointing news of the year. Um, we also got pretty high tallies for uh, $399 price point becoming the norm. Again, not surprising. I would have actually expected that to be number one based on... Uh, many of our form threads, uh, and surprisingly, almost ten percent of the votes went to Captain Britain and MI13 being canceled, yeah, um, which I don't disagree with. But uh, that that really shows you uh, what a groundswell of support that book had. So, um, so the good the good news of this co- category is that that's the only negative category we have, and now we have a bunch of of, yeah. of things to yeah. celebrate. It's time to be positive. That's right, David. What was the best news of the year? It's it's, it's Wood's turn. Oh, that's the best news. It's Wood's turn. Nice. Uh, so, uh, sure, I'll, I'll go. Um, uh, so, the uh, the most important news of the year, um, which is or the best news of the year. Sorry, best news of the year again for me. Um, uh, I got a comic room. Uh, I, I know our audience is probably like, why do I care about that? But it's my best news of the year, not yours. So, my best news of the year is that I got a comic room, and uh, and putting the cherry on top of that is right before we started recording, I unwrapped. Uh, my uh, one of my presents for Christmas that took a while to do was my wife got 
um, my uh, my Gabriel Hardman uh, page um, from the uh, Ages of Atlas versus Avengers, uh, beautifully framed and matted. So it's actually sitting five feet from me, staring at me as we record to inspire nice. my best. So yes, Woodrow's comic room was my best news of the year. Uh, what was your guys' best news? Well, uh, uh, when 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 do we get pictures? Uh, I will uh, take pictures uh, maybe this weekend because I'm okay. I'm pretty much I'm pretty much ready to go as soon as I hang. I'm ready this to I'm ready to see the 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 wood geek torum. Nice. All right. Speaking of Gabe Hardman, real quick, the owner of my local comic shop had an original Gabe Hardman on his wall behind the behind the cash register. It was a recreation of. Creepy number one, the cover by Jack Davis. Oh, Oh, you have to see this. It is un. I I had to stop myself from reaching across the counter and stealing it. It was um, (laughs) too good for words. But anyway, the the best news of the of the year for me was no news. And what I'm talking about is, I did not hear news of any of my favorite indie publishers going under. They're all still putting out books, Fantagraphics, yeah, uh, Buenaventura, Picture Box. They're all keep chugging on. So no news is good news. That's the best news of the year for me. Well said. Uh, For me, uh, I think Earth One is going to be great. Uh, really, um, was really excited to hear that, that DC is going to um, fill a part of the market that I think is, has needed um uh, needed product for a while and that is uh easily accessible self-contained numbered graphic novels in uh, in um to to kind of follow the manga style of people that walk in are interested in a character they just don't know where to start well now you're going to be able to have a place to start and that's through DC's uh Earth 1 uh, program, which is a series of continuing uh, graphic novels that will build their own continuity, and uh, they're putting some some pretty big talent behind it, which I think is cool. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Jeff Johns and and Gary Frank doing uh, a a Batman Year One type story, a Batman origin story. So that was uh, that was some some very good news for me because uh, uh, for a lot of characters, I won't uh, be stuck trying to figure out where I can get my friends to start reading comics anymore. Sweet. Okay. Here's hoping that this time next year, that's not your most disappointing news, that it wasn't everything that everybody... Dream- I, I, we'll see. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. As I realized that, yeah, at least it, they're doing it. It, it, it. Yeah, it was my turn. Um, my, my, <laughs> my best news was uh, was was the announcement, especially in in the summer with with the conventions, the announcement of of long box and and the move to um, digital comics. As as people were getting all excited about you know whatever platform long box is going to be on, and and people formatting comic books, comic strips for the Kindle and and other e readers. Um, as as much fun as I have reading comics on on iPhone, you know, I was to me seeing that move forward, seeing more noise made about digital comics this year than I think in a while, um, was pretty much my best news. Was was what I was what I enjoyed hearing about. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you. I hope I hope we I, I sincerely hope that that's like fifty percent of voters. Best news next year because we'll have some momentum too. Um, and this year's winner for best news by our uh, esteemed audience was um, actually a little surprising to me that it won for best news, and that is uh, that Disney acquired Marvel. 
Um, certainly, I think it was one of the most important developments of the year, which we'll get to. But but I was surprised that it, it actually took uh, the top spot for best news, which is great. It shows me that we have some uh, optimists in the crowd. A um, couple of the things. I mean, this was a very dispersive uh, category, lots of different votes for different things. Um, second place, which really surprised me, um, uh, maybe because I'm, I'm not as focused on this character in, in terms of his history, um, almost 10% of our audience voted for Jeff Johns and uh, Francis Manipole taking over the flash um which uh was again it kind of kind of surprised me just that there was that much interest in in one particular um you know title um so i, I hope that uh, it delivers this coming year for, for all those people that are that excited for it uh and then right behind that uh tied for third was uh david and chris's uh nominations the earth one ogns and uh and long box and the emergence of digital comics so uh congrats to all of the uh the uh, best uh, news recipients good stuff neat Next up, we have the most important news slash story of the year. And my most important is also my most disappointing uh, because I repeated the Diamond's new minimum order policy. Because while Marvel may have been bought by Disney, that pretty much affects Marvel and, to a lesser extent, DC. Diamond's new restrictions affect everybody. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me is the most important thing that we heard last year. I like and, that. Yep. And I, I think uh, the, the three of us all agreed. We, we all voted for the same thing. So I don't know if yeah. one of you guys yeah. wants to take it. Uh, you know, I, I think it's been discussed ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it was the far and away um, uh, most voted on uh, in, uh, in all the categories. And it's Disney's uh, acquisition of Marvel. So yeah. I think that's pretty... Um, We've already talked about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 80% of, of submissions voted this for the most important news. So it certainly was the runaway, like this Chris said, it was the, it was the thing that took by far and away the biggest share of, of any vote of the, uh, of the year. So, but we had a whole, almost a whole episode or at least half an episode devoted to it. So, uh, so check our archives if you want to hear more about that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, me? Yep. Yeah, why not? All right. Um, resurrection of the year. And, uh, I think this is an interesting category because there were a lot of resurrections this year. There was an event <laughs> that is basically built around resurrections. There was? And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> oh, I must have missed it. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm going to start is, uh, my favorite resurrection is, uh, the moment in Blackest Night where I realized it's like, oh, they're not going to be nice. And that was the, uh, the resurrection of the elongated man, which is one of the creepiest moments in mainstream superhero comics this year for me is just how downright creepy and disturbing Ralph Dibney is as a Black Lantern, and uh, that's the one of uh, of all the people that have come back uh, from you know whatever whatever comics, uh, not even DC, but that's the one that I'm just like, okay, that that's going to stick with me for a little bit. The uh, the blackest blackest night elongated man. Cool, that was creepy. Yeah, oh. um, I I smell a mystery. <laughs> there was, uh, <laughs> I, I I think it's safe to say that that um, if you haven't caught up on on things that came out in 2009 this episode might have a few spoilers in it oh very fair uh, to say. <laughs> yep. the, the uh the, the the one for me I'm, I'm thinking about you know everything that i did read during the year and 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 this one and the death kind of i, I didn't know wasn't really sure where to go who to vote for I'm, I'm 
you know, trying to figure out what did I read where people either died, and this is comics, so people are dying and people are always coming back. But since I haven't started reading Blackest Night yet, um, I, I kind of have to go with something that happened most recently, and, and that was Frankencastle, just because of the whole... I, I'm, I'm going back thinking about the the fun we had talking about the one-shot leading to Frankencastle, where, where we had fun on the show and on the forum, and uh, and just and, and what a warped direction this character is going in, and, and how much fun it, it is with, with, with Remenda writing it, and Tony Moore drawing it, and, and I don't care if it sticks or not, I'm enjoying it, that's my resurrection of the year. Well cool. said, David, well said. Yeah, no, you're right, and David, uh, I, I agree with you, that was my vote as well, and, um, and as you said, I was... I was, <laughs> I had a decidedly different view than the rest of you as to the uh, way we got here. But once we got here, it's been a freaking blast. And um, I've been rereading the uh, the Fear Agent trades um, last week mm-hmm. or two, and uh, and it's just it's so nice to see uh, Tony and Rick doing what they do and doing it in the House of Ideas as well. And, and to me, Punisher is that, and, and this Frankencastle is just a perfect avenue for them. So I'm right there with you. It's it's been you know uh, we're only. You know, just getting started with Frank and Castle, but so far it's been an absolute blast. And I was pretty, pretty cautiously skeptical of it before I read it, and, and I've been absolutely just adoring it so far. So I'm with it's you. Fear on that. It's Fear Agent in the Marvel Universe. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's a couple buts, but. <laughs> what was it's your vote? Fear, it's Fear Agent well, in the Marvel Universe. What was my vote? I gave love to Remender's Frank Castle in two other categories, so I didn't want to duplicate that here. My resurrection of the year is Al Simmons in Image United. Nice. Yeah, nice. Baby, because I can remember uh, a couple months ago when uh, David PM'd me, you want to know the big bad in Image United? And I was like, <laughs> no, I do not want to know. And I, it, I, for the most part, was unscathed until maybe about a week before Image United came out, and it was spoiled for me. But it didn't matter because it's so cool yeah. to have the, the, the character that started Essentially, Image Comics Read. be the 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 big uh, Omega Sma- Spawn bad dude of this mm. all uh, founding member crossover, and I'm loving it. I think it's just it, there's nothing deep or uh, intellectual about it. It's just good old fashioned fun Image based comics, and I'm loving it. And there's awesome. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's a great choice. Actually, I love that choice. Um, so our audience had a con- there was a little bit of a controversy here, fellas. So I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> the, the runaway winner of this category by the audience um, is actually someone that shouldn't have been eligible. So <laughs> I, I didn't know quite how to treat this. Um, technically, based on the votes, the winner with 23% of the vote was Barry Allen, the Flash, um, who, of course, has been front and center for uh, every couple months, as it turns out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's early 2008. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, so so Barry Allen, and I understand why he got the votes because, of course, Flash Rebirth has been happening this year and, and is going into next year, uh, and that centers around uh, Barry Allen's return to the DCU. The reason I say this controversy is because twenty three percent voted that way, but but Barry actually was brought back in two thousand and eight uh, in the pages of Final Crisis, so technically he was already back to start the year. But hey, you know the votes to the votes. So, so the the quote unquote winner was Barry Allen. But now, uh, assuming he didn't really qualify, the uh, the second largest vote getter with just over sixteen percent of the vote uh, was uh, Connor Kent, 
uh, Super that, that was yeah. that was a that was a great resurrection. That was absolutely that was, that was a handled smart well, so. resurrection. Yep, absolutely. yep. So so technically, if you're a stickler for the rules, then Connor would be the winner. Uh, and then rounding out the, uh, the the top three would be Frankencastle uh, with with just under nine percent of the vote, and then a tie for third place uh, would have been uh, and a surprise actually because it got. These two actually were pretty low, lower for what I expected. That was a tie between Steve Rogers uh, and uh, and Bart Allen, uh, Kid Flash, for um, who both came back this year. So uh, yeah, so there were actually thirty two. Just to show you the state of mainstream comics, there were thirty two different resurrections that received at least one vote uh, this year. So um, you know, and and that frankly, as Chris alluded, there probably could have been you know a thousand if you if you everyone nominated oh, yeah. Black Black Lantern. So um, yeah, so interesting. Uh, death of the year. Um, I again not wasn't sure what the. I ended up going with a death that kind of um that I wasn't happy to see happen. Um, I I almost went with with Woods pick, and uh, and the reason I didn't is because I'm thinking back to when I first introduced to the character of Brick from Green Arrow from 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 the Judd Winnick. Phil Hester, Andy Park's Green Arrow, um, one of the only characters when it is written that it doesn't have AIDS, but it's 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 a <laughs> um, it it harkens back. Put them on an island, AIDS <laughs> island, just live there <laughs> like the mutants. Brick reminds me of 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 Brickhouse from the Milestone Universe. Um, I I was bummed to find out that that he was killed. It was kind of anticlimactic on on how he was killed. Um, but it uh it it's one that I, I I actually read and I was like, Oh you know, so it wasn't it wasn't like something where they were flying a spaceship and blew up or or, or you know, or or someone's wife walked in and interrupted him and he blew up that way. It was just it, it was just kind of a damn, why why do you have to go? So that was that was my pick. And for those of you playing at home, David's talking about Alpha Flight. <laughs> uh-huh. So Chris, you're next. Oh, I'm next. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, no. Woods no. next. I'm sorry. I'm screwing yeah, everything I'm up. Yep. Yeah. Woods so, next. So, so mine. This was an easy one for me. Um, when I when I this was a hard one. like with Vince. I, Vince, as you said earlier, how it's kind of hard to remember. When we started voting for these things, it was I thought, how am I going to even remember what to vote for half of these categories? Yeah. Because it's like we read a lot of comics. We talk about a lot that we necessarily don't even read because we each other talk and it's like but this one for me was the first thing that came to mind and just stuck with me and that is uh, and again spoilers so please don't listen to this episode if, if you aren't up to date or, or fear not being but um, my vote was Madrix's and Siren's baby um, you know as I said I'm, I'm the dad of three young boys and uh, and reading X Factor 39 which came out in January of this year um, just literally punched me in the gut um, I, you know it, it, it felt like like losing my own kid um, I, I it was one of the more human moments of, of, of a comic and it really is one of the reasons why I think Peter David is criminally underappreciated as a writer um, so it was it was a absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. So, so I'll just leave it at that but Madrix's baby was was my uh, my vote. Okay. but but knowing Peter David I will bet you that that consciousness that is the baby will evolve within and and it, it's going to mature within him i know peter i know he's going to do that but anyway my, my death of the year i know we butted heads over this <laughs> but i I, th- I think it was a single story that perfectly encapsulated the spotlight character it was brutal it was visceral it was bloody 
unrelenting, savage. It The story reached out and grabbed the reader by the jimmy and twisted in the last couple pages. Um, and, of course, that's uh, Frank Castle, the uh, Dark Reign, the List Punisher. I, I thought... Uh, they picked the two perfect artists to draw it in Ramita Jr. and Klaus Janssen. It was immediate and uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. So it, it, it spoke to the character of Frank Castle. This, if this is the way you choose to live, this is the way you will go out. He was taken out by one of the biggest dicks in the Marvel Universe. And that was only fitting because if you want to generate sympathy for a character that is basically beyond sympathy at this point, have him taken out by a bigger dick than he is. I don't even so, uh, know who that dick is. That's my problem. Dakin, Dakin. So I thought Remender did a fantastic job. It, it was a big story with uh, Osborne sending his flying monkeys out after the Punisher, and it was it was fast-paced. And uh, I just thought it, it was a fantastic issue and a very fitting death for Frank Hansen. Death in quotes. Because as we know, He's been stitched back together, and it's really cool, and you should read it. But uh, if if there were no more Punisher stories after the list Punisher, I think it would have been a very poignant way for Frank to uh, go out. Loved it. All right. You could, yes, not, you could not ignore this issue. That's another Punisher, thing I liked about Punisher it. Punisher is awesome right now. Yes. Sure. A, as a piece of art, there's nothing more important than captivating the audience, and I think this issue did that, for better or worse. It, it it was it was pushed to the forefront of the news this week uh, that week that it came out and it polarized polarized fans and it was it was basically the the the, the hot potato being uh, bounced around. You, you can't ask for more than that if you're a creative person. So yeah, Frank right. Castle. Bye bye, Frank. Well, Vince Hello, Frank. Is, is short and out here, so uh, um, yeah. so I'll jump into to mine. And uh, if you're if you're our ages age ish uh you grew up knowing superman and for i I think for all of us paul kent was always always dead until the the burn reboot right oh yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. his parents died mm -hmm. early yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's you know it's a if you watch the movie paul kent died of a heart attack whenever he was yeah it was what changing a tire on the on the truck or whatever it was uh and and so uh, growing up pa kent was always always deceased and in the the burn reboot he 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 resets that that universe and all of a sudden clark has has his father back in and and not just in his early years but but as superman and um so over the over the last 20 years we've we've seen Paul Kent be this kind of mentoring and stabilizing force in uh, in Clark's life as as he's grown and, and gotten older. And um, I kind of forgot what it was like to to not have Paul Kent as a part of 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 Clark's life anymore. And this year, um, Jeff Johns in Action Comics, and I think also uh, is All Star Superman. Does did that issue um, fall in in two thousand nine no, as well? I don't think was so. that was that back two thousand eight. I know that. Yeah, I think only eleven and twelve. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I was. Yeah, never mind. Um, yep. 
so so twice, but twice in the last year or or mm-hmm. so, um, we've I, I've seen two absolutely heartbreaking stories about Pa Kent dying. Uh, Grant Morrison's All Star Superman. If you haven't read that, it, it's absolutely heartbreaking issue, but but was so poignant and just so so well done. But in in um, DC's mainline universe, Jeff Johns uh, killed Pa Kent. Um, and it was, uh, um, it, it's hard to see Clark, um, completely on his own now without, mm-hmm. uh, without his father. And that leads directly into his need to reconnect with his people when, uh, when the opportunity, uh, is there, which, which leads into the whole world of new Krypton. Uh, that was really the flashpoint that I think started, uh, Clark down the road of, of what we're going to see in the upcoming year of the, the earth Krypton war. And I think that all comes back to Paul Kent. So that was, that was a very, very poignant death, um, for me this year. Yeah, it's a great one because uh, I do agree. Um, it's funny, this of all the categories, this is one where the audience really almost completely diverged from, from our votes. So even the four of us really didn't come up with, with most of, of their views. Um, the winner from the audience with over 20% of the votes was uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Uh, again, uh, byproduct of the uh, the black the, you know the uh, Blackest Night series. Um, like I said, I mean, one out of five people voted for it. So um, it's I guess again maybe because I'm more of a Marvel guy historically. Um, I thought it was a very cool scene. It didn't have a lot of emotional resonance with me, um, especially because as I understand their history, they you know they're kind of all about death and resurrection. It's kind of, it's kind of what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, but, but but whatever that you know that was the vote getter. So hey, that, that it deserves uh, the mention. It was awesome. It was yeah, awesome. and it. Right behind that, probably le- less surprising, uh, was, was Bruce Wayne. And again, you know, spoilers, I mean, you, he really, you know, didn't necessarily die. We, we know that already if you've seen the latest, latest solicits. But, uh, but for, you know, for, for the better part of the year, we had the, the Batman RIP and, and he's been out of comics. So, um, I think it's certainly fair play to have, uh, voted for him. He, he got quite a lot of votes too. Uh, and then Pitcher was third place. And then rounding out the, uh, the list of people that got a decent amount of votes was, uh, Boy Blue from Fables. So, uh, which I had thought about voting, but um, I, I, that's certainly a, a death that uh, that I thought was really well done, but but didn't have the emotional resonance of uh, of, of my choice for me personally. But it's certainly a noteworthy death for for Vertigo fans. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Hey, this is Daryl from the forums, and you know, I listened to episode eighty nine, and I know that was geared geared towards me because I do mention the prices. And you know what? I am a fan of comics, and I know I don't have to buy it, but I'm not the type that th- I don't have to bend over and be cool with it. To just say it's three ninety nine, books are three ninety nine, and I should just be be take it, take it in the rear end and be cool with it. No, I've supported comics over thirty years. I've been buying comics, Marvel and DC and Image and Dark Horse. I'm a fan. I'm going to say something about the prices of comics when I think it, it needs to be said. Give me what I asked for, at least with DC. I know we're not going to compare, but at least with DC, they are going to charge me an extra dollar. I'm getting more pages in my book. If you're going to charge me more, give me more. But don't sit there and, and raise the price of my book, and it's the same, and I'm getting the same book that I was getting uh, six or seven issues ago, 
and you just tell me, oh, that's just the way it is, I'm not bending over and taking that. I'm going to say something about it. I, I do say something to Marvel and DC. I write them. I will say something about it because when we don't, they keep doing the same thing. DC is actually taking some of the stories out and putting back some of their books to cheaper prices. You can't tell me that's not because people, not only did they speak with their wallets, but they spoke out about how they did not like the price hike. I don't live in that world where I can just buy what all types of stuff. And I even go to, and I get, I don't have to own everything. I get stuff from the library, but there are books that I want to read on a regular basis. And to tell me that I'm supposed to just sit there or just not buy comics at all. I think that's, that's kind of fucked up, but I love y'all guys, but I disagree with y'all totally disagree with y'all. So I'm going to say something about when I review a book, yes, part of the, me reviewing the book is going to say whether it was worth the price that I spent for it because that it all comes into that. The price of it, the art, the, the writing, all of those things, whether how much I like the character, all of those things come into it. How many pages I'm getting for how much they're charging, all of those things come into whether I like something or not. So I am going to. I am the angry fanboy that's going to say something about it. I try. I will try not to say nothing on the forums too much, if that you know gets on your nerves. But I will speak out about that shit on things when I talk to people about reviews and whatnot, whether I enjoyed it or not. So that's just me. Um, and I think I'm up for the next category, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, so the next category is uh, favorite villain or team, villainous team. And um, for me, again, this uh, this wasn't too hard. Um, uh, I voted for The Secret Six, uh, which is a book that, uh, as I talk about it, I realized when I voted for it here that it's just a book that I read and uh, just adore, and we never talk about it. Um, at least. I love it. Uh, yeah, I never talk about it on the show, and it's a shame because it's well, definitely it's a, DC, it's a DC book. Well, come on now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in all seriousness, it's it's one of my favorite DC books. Um, I, I think Gail Simone uh, and Nicholas Scott, who you know were on Birds of Prey, uh, and then left to go to do this book together. Um, I think it's fantastic. Uh, basically, it's a you know it's a story of a bunch of of DC criminals who band together and do jobs for hire. But it's just so smartly written. It's you know it's it's funny. It's sexy. It's action packed. It's it's like the perfect summer popcorn movie. Um, you know, you got Bane and Catman and Deadshot and Ragdoll and Scandal Savage and a new character named Jeanette who's uh, super hot and dresses like a Renaissance chick. Um, but it's just a really, really well written. It's it's laugh out loud funny at times, and um, uh, they're they're while technically they you know they're the main characters, and so you root for them to be successful. At the same time, they're all all six of them are just deplorable human beings, um, and it's uh, that I think is what makes it so much fun. So for me, this was an easy one. Um, kudos to uh, to Gail and Nicola for six. I, I love that book to death. So yeah, more love for Remender's Punisher for me. My favorite team is the Legion of Monsters from Remender's Punisher. Morbius, Man Thing, Living Mummy. Uh, Werewolf by Night, those are all favorite characters of mine from day one. Uh, right after I glommed onto the Fantastic Four, it was Marvel's monster books that really set a fire under my butt, and I've carried that with me ever since. And to see them all banded together, 
in one book and it's funny and it's it's well drawn and it, it's a geek out moment for me it's mad monster party uh, in comics i love it and uh it's it's like i said before it's like he wrote the damn thing for me so i, I have to give him props for that awesome. nice uh for me uh, detective, and you're going to hear me talk about detective comics quite a bit more as we go here. Uh, detective was a year without Batman, and well, that's Batman's book. So you have Batwoman taking over the book, and whenever you introduce a uh, a new hero, well, that hero needs to have an, an equally uh, imposing villain to counter them, and Alice. Who is the uh, the the first major villain for uh, um, uh, for Kathy Kane in in Detective to uh, to go up against was um, so darn creepy and insane and everything that um, uh, like a female counterpart to the Joker should be uh, and. Made an impact on on me this year that uh, I want to see that character uh, stick around and be uh, be a major villain in the in the DCU. Uh, I think I think the character has that much to offer. There's a a huge twist that I won't give away if you if you haven't read Detective or if you're waiting for the hardcover that uh, that makes that villain even uh, even more interesting and intriguing. But Alice in, uh, in Detective Comics. That's cool. Uh, I was um, for team. I was kind of toying with the um, with the Cabal because you know, Hood messing with 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 Frank Castle and and of course Norman everywhere and, and being a pain in the ass and Loki doing his or her thing. It, it was just it was. I I didn't want to just. It felt a little like cheating because it's not really a team. They get together, but it's it's they they, they kind of do their own thing. So, but just by picking one, I, I went with Doctor Doom. I mean, with with between um, air quotes killing T'Challa early in the year and and then uh, and 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 appearing in in Utopia, appearing in Dark Avengers, appearing in. Uh, I understand he was he was in Fantastic Four, but I wouldn't know about that. He was killing um, the Invisible Woman. Yeah, no. So he was he was. There, Captain Britain in MI13. I mean, he, he was, he was a pain in the ass. I've recently read, um, Follow the Hulks, Alpha. He was yeah. a complete and utter dick in that. It's just, <laughs> it's, it, as is his right, it's just, it, it's been a while since I've, I've read Victor Von Doom and was like, I don't like you. Burn kind of made me like the character way back when <laughs> in the 80s. I'm like, you know, I feel bad that, 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 you know he's not as smart as Reed, but he 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 feels he is, and 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 he went through all this, and then he just kind of wasn't as as heavy, I'll say. But but recently, you know, in 2009, just the way he's been working with, you know, that that relationship he has with Namor, and and working harkens, with, with harkens back to the bronze, which exactly. You know, awesome. so you have yeah. and 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 the deal he he's working with. With the Asgardians and 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 of course with with Osborn and and it's just he I don't think he's he's quite getting his due and uh, obviously Norman is is overshadowing him for 2009 but I I don't quite think he's getting his due for for the crap he's put people through I mean he was in X Factor he 
Oh yeah, you part know, of, so part it's, of them. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's 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 like really. So yeah, yeah. it's Doom. That, Doom should always be the best villain. You should. You yeah, should I think you should right. never like Doom, but you should at least respect him. Totally. Yeah. And I think Doom will, if I suspect uh, things go the way we think, then will be prominently figuring in this vote next year. Yeah. And um, and, and Kieran Gillen gets Doom. God bless Kieran Gillen. Real, he gets yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so this was a category where the audience had a lot of uh, votes as well. 41 different villains or villainous teams got vote, at least one vote. So uh, it was very, you know, uh, wide range. Um, the winner actually, which uh, was, was Secret Six, as I said, uh, so probably some people are a lot of smart. We have a lot of smart listeners, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, second place, who actually would have been my my who I'd have assumed would have won the thing was uh, Norman Osborn. And uh, certainly if you're reading Marvel this year, um, you, you have come across Norman Osborn in some way, shape, or form. He has been in control of Hammer and, and had a vendetta with just about everyone or, or a deal with just about everyone else uh, this year. And, and certainly this was the year of, of Normie. So he came in, ju- he just just missed out on, on winning the category. Um and then uh, Doctor Doom, uh, David's choice was uh, not too far behind, um, in, in, for obvious reasons. David articulated that, and then, uh, uh, and then last but not least, with just under ten percent of the vote, was uh, Professor Pig, who's the only new, uh, the new character of the uh, of the category, and he, of course, was um, the main antagonist in the first arc of the Fantastic Batman and Robin uh, series, which launched this year. So, Pig was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Two two new bat rogues, if you want to count Alice in there, that were awesome. Next up is our favorite hero or team, and unlike probably two out of the three guys coming up, I'm staying the hell out of Gotham. I'm not voting for Captain Caveman. I picked the Amazing Spider-Man, the only logical choice nice. if you're going for the best hero nice. in, in, in comics. Uh, it is my unabashed favorite mainstream fix i will never do without amazing spider-man and kudos to kudos to the brain trust for really turning that book around over the past what year and a half two years uh making it uh, a top of the stack for me every week when it uh when it comes out i just i, I love what they've done with it uh, peter parker has been more real now than he's been in a long time they're they're, they're bringing the rogues back with uh the gauntlet it's it's just fun comics and uh, yeah, amazing Spider-Man. Cool. Nice. Um, for me, this is this this is the first of my uh, really tough ones. And uh, um, if you guys could see the the Google Doc that we have, I have a <laughs> lot of this slash this. The episode's long. It's because of Chris. Yeah. Uh. I almost went with uh, with Jason's uh, pick for uh, favorite villain or team. I almost went with Secret Six, uh, and that's the beauty of that team is that they are they are villains who are heroes, or they are heroes who do bad things, or villains who do heroic things. I haven't figured it out yet, um, but it's a it's a great series. But uh, I went with uh, uh, another choice, and that is uh, Vril Vril. Docs and uh, the cast of Rebels, which has been such a fun series in 2009. Uh, it's one that I I didn't have any history with uh, with Docs or the former Rebels. I guess which was in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I've never read it, so I came into this cold. Have had so much fun with Rebels, and uh, and, and Vril is just one of those great uh, pompous bastards that you love every second of screen time that he has in, in the books. Yep. Uh, he's fantastic. So much fun. So Vril, Vril Docs, Vril. That's hard to say. Vril <laughs> Docs and uh, the cast of Rebels. Nice. I love it. Um, I I was this close to going with uh, with Vince's pick, but but since well, he already wait, gave it love, no, what you didn't vote for Spider Man? I I did not. David. I did not. I came close. Spidey's got a couple of picks here for me okay. for the rest of the way. All right. Um, it's like he's getting the toaster instead of the refrigerator. No, but that's all no, right. No, I, have give, I have to give this dude love, dude. Man, two thousand nine. Was was Cyclops this year? That's your guy. That's your dude. That's your dude. It's your dog. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's your having, dog. I mean, you, you called him. You 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 called him a piece of shit earlier in the year when 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 he sent the team to the future. And that's right. And you know, I mean, and and sometimes I'm, good leaders have to be pieces of shit. Absolutely. You know, it was yeah. a dick move. It was douchey. But you know, it 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 had to be done. And and it. After Utopia, he's getting his ass handed to him by Norman, and he's sitting there smiling. And that was a great scene in Utopia where Norman is just, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing at me? And it's like, oh, if you could only see what I see. And, I mean, just how everything is – he's got to put up with 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 nothing but crap from the outsiders, from, from, from people that don't know what he's dealing with. And, and he's in charge of his species, I, I, I guess we'll yeah. say. And, and he's just – you know, he's – there's there's a lot of weight on on those soldiers soldiers on on those shoulders. Oh so yeah, it's, that it's, too. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's you know he's he's, he's got to run the show, and he's he's had some pretty good Hot moments women. this year. And and yeah, you know he's got the women throwing themselves at him. You know, so I mean it, it's and I can I can you know I I know where he's coming from on the nights where he has to sleep on the couch. I I'm, I I can kind of relate with him more th- this year than I have in the past. So yeah. it's. Uh, uh, it was. It went over. It was. It was his year. So you know. You know they called it Avengers X Men Utopia. Yeah. They could just as well have called that Scott Summers Utopia. <laughs> no, really, because yeah. it was no, about him. It really was. Yep. Yeah. Great stuff. No, that's a great choice. I mean, and and uh, David. Nobody loves da- nobody loves Cyclops like David. But David knows that uh, he has a uh, an aide de camp, uh, sergeant at arms, with me. I love Cyclops too, and that's a great choice. For me, this one again um, was was as easy as the Secret Six was for a villain, and that is um, uh, nothing. No comic came out this year that I was more giddy to pick out of the DCBS box and read than Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it, it's just, it's just one of those books that just hits my sweet spot. Um, I, I love team books. Uh, I always prefer teams to individual books. Um, and this is a book that just is, you know, Abnett Landing and just killing it. They've been killing Marvel Cosmic for years now. And, um, to me, this is their crowning achievement. Uh, first grade as Nova is and as great as the events are, um, all, all super too. To me, this is the book that just, I just can't get enough of. I mean, um, you know, Groot, you know, I mean, Bug, Drax, Rocket Raccoon, Star Lord, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's every character in this book is fleshed out and, and hilarious, and uh, I just, I love it to death. So yeah. um, there's no way I couldn't vote for Guardians of the Galaxy as, uh, nice. as my favorite team. Uh, Moon Dragon, Philo Vale. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's a, and they make a bitchin' Hero Clicks team. 
I'll take your word for it on that. Yeah, there you yeah. go. They, could, nice. they couldn't take down Odin, but damn, they were good. Nice. Um, and getting to the audience, uh, the audience, uh, again, just as they were in the last category, are brilliant. They agreed with me. Uh, 12.2% of the audience was regarding the galaxy. <laughs> so, uh, addled. Kudos, kudos to them. Uh, and then we actually had a tie for third. Um, uh, Hellboy slash BPRD uh, took just nice. under 99% of the vote, which is uh, definitely yeah. worthy. We don't talk about them that much either, and I think that's because we all, or at least most of us, read, read most of that stuff in trade, so yeah. we're probably we're not uh, as timely with it. And then uh, tied with uh, with those guys for third place, um, as Vince alluded, uh, the new Batman and Robin, otherwise known as Dick Grayson, and uh, Damian Wayne. So... Um, you know they uh, they certainly I don't know how long they'll be Batman and Robin but they were for most of this year and uh, and they did a bang up job uh, playing those roles so yep cool very mm-hmm. cool and I don't think anybody else voted for Cyclops so I'm I'm kind of happy about well, that well he does speak to the one. <laughs> it's true. Of, 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 we had 52 different votes for Hero Team by the audience, and not one was for uh, Slim. So excellent. That's uh, awesome. He's your he's your guy, and your guy alone. It's kind of hard to vote for the dicks. I can understand, even though you know you're over here voting for real docs. But um, it's my category now. Come on, <laughs> is it? No, it's my. No, this is my favorite one. I'm which oh, you will That's which cool. you will now lead in. Favorite cover. Um, yeah. God damn, there were so many. Um, you are I not was, kidding. I was, I, I was this close to picking. Uh, I mean, I was looking at things from everybody. I, I almost picked the. Um, there were two from uh, the first class series. There was the Uncanny X Men first class giant size, which was an awesome cover by Scotty Young, and there was um, leading into that was the uh, giant size X Men first class with the original team, and that was penciled by um, Jeff Parker, inked by Kevin Nolan. So. I was looking throughout everything that I had, and uh, and the only one that really jumped out at me because it was well, no pun intended, it was heavy, and uh, and it it really did speak for what was going to happen inside the issue. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number five seventy-eight by Marcos Martin, where he has the weight of the rubble over him. It's a mostly black cover and you just see a little bit of Spider-Man holding things up and I mean aside from, as Vince said before with the Bronze Age, hearkening back to what Ditko did uh, and later Ross Andrews. What, number 33? (laughs) It was, like I said, it it, it gave you an idea as to what you're going to expect so it wasn't a pinup like like a lot of covers are these days but it, it, it just, there was so little image within all that black it, it it was just enough and very and claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. it. It's a good choice. Um, this was by far and away the hardest one for me. Um, it was the one I had blank up until about ten minutes before we recorded. <laughs> um, it, and again, just because you know we read so many comics, and and number one, it's hard for me to remember covers a lot of times after I've read them. But two, I was looking through cover galleries and stuff, just and there's so many great covers, and uh, it was just hard to figure one that like really. Variants don't help. Yeah, totally. So um, I ultimately decided on what I wanted to pay homage to. I, I feel comfortable with this, and that is, um, again, listeners know that one of my favorite, if not my favorite, artist of all time is Alan Davis, um, and. Um, so I went with the cover to Fantastic Four 571, which is the second issue of 
the John Hickman Dale Eaglesham uh, arc, um, you know, the first arc, oh. which we, we, we certainly talked about on the show quite a bit. Um, so I went with it for two reasons. One, um, I did. It's the only place in my votes that I, I I paid homage to those guys' work on Fantastic Four, which I do think deserves some some credence because it's it, it was nice. It's nice to have them back on the book uh, or have them on the book I should say uh, after a long time of of uh, Fantastic Four needed needed those guys um, but but secondly you know I love Alan Davis and he's doing the covers for, for these guys and um, in looking at all the covers he's done with them so far that was the one I thought was the coolest it's a uh, it's a cover of uh, Reed um, you know with an outstretched hand and, and clenching his fist as the infinity gauntlet and he's standing on top of a um, a lifeless uh, husk of uh, Galactus floating in space and uh, it just uh, is, is classic Alan Davis artwork and very rem- very uh, very evocative of what what's actually in the issue um, which as David said is unfortunately all too infrequent these days that covers that's what's in this book so um, you know just just again there there are a million great covers um, but but to me this was one that I thought uh, you know was a chance to pay some homage to my boy so yeah that's my I, I wish in what the uh, uh, two issues later the one where it's uh, the the cover of uh, ben and Johnny in that kind of uh, <laughs> Moss Eisley like yeah. that cover was so much more entertaining than the comics inside. Yeah, and, and that's a beautiful cover, but again, that had nothing, as we talked about on the show a few weeks ago, that that's, had nothing to do with the actual issues. They, so they, they need to write that story because that yeah. looked awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I have a bunch of runner ups for this one. Runners, runners up. First up, uh, I got to give it up to Dan Zetwatch's. Cyclone of Simpson goodness for this year's Bart Simpson's Treehouse of Horror number 15. A fantastic cover. Uh, John Pham for Sublife number two. Any of you read Sublife from Fanographics? Mm-mm. Oh, this cover is astounding. It, it features Captain Joe Ho. That's one of the characters. Uh, floating in the, in the vastness of space. There's a nebula behind him. He's tethered to the spaceship. Uh, the design is impeccable and the title Sublife of the comic is inlaid with gold foil uh, on the cover and the spine. That's a beautiful cover. Uh, Dash Shaw for the unclothed man in the 35th century A.D. A beautiful melding of image and typography and design. It's great. Paul Pope's Strange Tales Max Number 1. My Pretty close to my all-time favorite artist doing Marvel characters in a big old gangbang of, of craziness. Come on. Uh, Yukio, uh, Yuko Shimizu for Unwritten, number one. A remarkable cover. That cover is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scotty Young, Wolverine First Class, number 19, with Kitty and Wolverine on the, on the, the rocket. Oh, my, on the rocket. Awesome. Yeah. I almost put it for the Scotty cover. That, cover. Uh, Vince, the one where, uh, it's, it's Wolverine, uh, popping his claws and there's like a million Madrixes. Yep. I, I, Scott, yeah, yeah. Scotty did a an ass load of beautiful covers this year, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I think none more beautiful than the Wolverine First Class number nineteen, mm-hmm. which is not to slight the other ones, but that that's just gorgeous. Was, uh, Mr. Bacalo, his covers for Sinister Spider-Man, oh, power, uh, just visceral, disgusting goodness, and with the impact of the of the the fist and the tongue and the design, Bacalo's awesome, but. The, the one cover, and this is a really amazing accomplishment, that one cover bubbled to the surface of everything released last year. For me, uh, it's Jordan Crane for Uptight number three. 
mm-hmm. a brilliantly designed cover. Just an amazing uh, illustration of. Uh, I will post it on the forum because you have to see this. Uh, it's uh, the di- dichotomy between physical substance and soul, and memory and nightmares and. Salvation, salvation and damnation. There's a, a, a spiritual form being ripped from this woman's body by, uh, benevolent and quote demonic, uh, entities. Uh, you see the grace of the woman as she's torn from the, the corporeal. You see this violent, uh, reaching and grasping of these claws coming up at her and, and these hands descending from above, uh, the picture plane coming down to rescue her. It's an amazing cover. Oh, uh, those hands are freaky. Yes, just in, in terms of color and design. And again, the, the typography is used as a design element in this cover. It's not just a brand slap to the upper third of the book to, to tell you what you're reading. It, it's it's actually incorporated into the design. The line work is stunning. Uh, and Jordan Crane printed these out, uh, printed uh, actual prints of this color, the archival prints of this cover, and sold them on his website. And I would think of no better cover image for this year to hang on my wall. It's just, it, my jaw dropped when I saw it. It's an amazing, astounding cover. Another one with it, a lot of black, too. And the as I know, and the and the the blackness of the background. Where is this woman? What is happening? Just like you get this this infinite space behind her. It's just a gorgeous cover, gorgeous. So Jordan Crane for Uptight Number Three. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Love nice. that cover. Well done, Vince. Thank you. Well, to uh, to finish out this category for uh, for the four of us, uh, you mentioned uh, Scotty's work on uh, Wolverine First Class. He also did some amazing stuff on Marvel Adventures Spider Man. He was he was the man at Marvel this year uh, on on the covers. Yeah. Um, Spidey Deadpool. Off, oh, he, he was he was everywhere and doing great stuff. Uh, the other guy who and and I'm going to give my pick here in just a minute, but I wanted to give some honorable mentions. Uh, Tom Fowler's work on all of the mysterious, the unfathomable yeah, for sure. covers yep. were just mind blowingly good. So uh, Tom was Tom was the man on that. Um, Number four in particular is astounding. Th- this is such a hard category. And uh, it, it gives me a chance to talk about something that, that we're not going to talk about probably anywhere else in the show. And I, I'm going to give kind of a Lifetime Achievement Award for this one. Uh, this was the year Ooh, that... You're a maverick. You're a maverick. I love it. <laughs> this, is, this is the year that uh, one of, I think, the best comic book series of the 2000s wrapped up, and that is 100 Bullets. And... Mm. Dave Johnson's Dave Johnson covers for that comic book series added a level of design and creativity to comic book covers that was pretty unique on the stands, and those covers just dared you to read that book. And I think for he he did all one hundred covers, didn't he? Yes. Um, yeah. And all one hundred of them were awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give Dave Johnson kind of a uh, we'll call it the uh, uh, in uh, in honor of uh, Woods guy we'll call this the the James Jean Lifetime Achievement Award. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and not only the hundred bullets covers, but his Punisher Max covers are really sharp too. Yeah. 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 
Dave Johnson. Doesn't he do the uh, un- yeah yeah he's he's the man. It's it's a good point. Um, so who did our audience vote for? Um, it was nothing that we voted for. In fact, this was one of the more disparate categories. Fifty eight different uh, covers got voted for, which makes sense because you know it's it's. It's a lot of covers. There's thousands of covers per inch here. Um, the winner, um, which I think was probably as much as a nostalgia vote as uh, as for the strength of the cover individually, was uh, Planetary Twenty Seven. Wow, just under just under eight percent of the vote. Um, again, I I, uh, I have yet to read any Planetaries we talked about, so I, I can't weigh in. I have seen the cover; it's very nice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a gatefold too. Yeah, it's exactly. Um, other uh, notables were uh, there was actually a tie for second place, three way tie. It was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Amazing Spider Man six eleven, um, which uh, I'm, I read that in trade. So maybe one of you guys offhand, do you know which cover that is? I don't. Was know. that the Scotty Young cover? Maybe was it the Spidey Deadpool one? Could be. Would make sense if it was. Um, and uh, it was tied with two others: Flash Rebirth number one. Uh, and underground number one. Um, oh, uh, nice. nice! Yeah, great so series. Think yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. So, kudos to uh, a very diverse category. Obviously, a very subjective yeah. category for sure. Uh, am, am I up? I think so. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, favorite publisher. Last year, this was really easy for me. With Image, um, I uh, I just was blown away by so many different things. The Image produced in their quality um i would say i was probably going into my vote this year looking to give it to image again but you know as i kind of printed out everything that i read from image and bought while certainly a lot of my favorite stuff was from there i couldn't quite give them the nod and um that's just because i had to go back to uh to my roots and, and give it to the house of ideas um Again, this was a pretty balanced year. There's some great stuff coming out of, of myriad publishers, big and small. Um, so this was definitely a much closer vote for me than usual. But uh, but at the end of the day, the books that I was most excited about, um, the majority of the books uh, were were Marvel books. You know, whether it be Guardians of the Galaxy or Incredible Hercules or uh, the Wizard of Oz or, you know, Pet Avengers. And, you know, so I just, when I think about the books that sort of, you know, most surprised and, and, and pleased me this year, it, it, it was Marvel. So, uh, so yes, in spite of them being the juggernaut, I, I think it's, it's, it's honestly, they were, they were my pick this year and, and not because of their, their, you know, their event stuff. I think almost in spite of it, um, I was, uh, pleased to, to say that they put out my favorite stuff this year. So, so my vote goes to, uh, to, uh, Marvel and, um, I'm probably not alone there, as I see from Mr. Marvel Noise. So, uh. <laughs> respect. Uh, yeah. I have runners up here, and I'm going to do them in, in ascending order. Okay. Um, Dark Horse, never ignore Dark Horse, especially uh, modern Dark Horse, because while they started off very strong, they've only uh, increased in, in quality over the years. And now, with the, the Hellboy and the BPRD franchises under the belt, they do great things with Star Wars. Mike Richardson has a nose for archival material uh, in terms of what to bring back that is, is, is really second to none with the eerie and the creepies and the, the golden age characters and the little Lulu and Casper and the Harvey characters. Uh, so Dark Alien Horse, Legion omnibus. Yes. I was waiting for him to say yes. that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the, I mean, that's, that's a, a, a crumb Bunch from of che- awesome. checker, but yeah, I mean, Dark, Dark Horse, they deserve respect. Next, Fantagraphics. Say no more. 
Okay, uh, I don't have to tell you what Fantagraphics does. If you're if you're in the comics industry uh, or a fan of comics, you know they, you they, the they command respect uh-huh. just with the, the 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 caliber of creators that they've published over the years. Uh, number two, aside from my number one pick, no publisher speaks to me greater than Picture Box. I love everything that comes out of Picture Box. They have an aesthetic that it's close to my heart. Uh, spearheaded by Gary Panner and the Ratty Line and the, the postmodernist kind of, uh, anti-mainstream, really, uh, aesthetic that, that I love so much. But the number one publisher for me is Image. I, I gave it up last year for Image. I gave it up this year. The, 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 the diverse, uh, diversity of their, their line is astounding with Cowboy Ninja Viking and Godland and Proof. And, um, uh, the sword is great. Uh, Jersey Gods and come on, help me out. Every, every All book, the uh, books. Yeah. Him. Savage Dragon and Bad uh, Dog and, uh, um, they're just I, uh, an amazing. And, and, mm-hmm. and you, you no, no matter what your tastes, if you lean a little bit towards the, the indie, they have something for chew. you. If you, don't forget you. Of course, it's coming up later. If, if you, if you love it super with capes and cowls, they have stuff for you there. They have with the, with the, the silver line stuff, they have risk taking books for children and adults. It's just an amazing Mad publishing. Man. <laughs> Which is no more, but yeah, uh, I love it. Well, they printed in two thousand. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I cannot really wrap my head around how far Image has come over the years. Pop yeah. gun, yeah. Pop yes. gun, comic book, yeah. comic book tattoo. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, great anthology. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I- Image is the bomb. I'm gonna light it right now. Um, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, uh, it's real easy to pick image. Uh, another, uh, another kind of, I, 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 I hate breaking, uh, uh, publishers into tiers, but, uh, but, uh, we'll say another non big two publisher that I think, um, did some really cool stuff this year is IDW. And I don't want, I don't want us to do, uh, a 2009 recap show and not mention IDW. They, Especially uh, with all the love we were giving G.I. Joe earlier in the year. I was going to yeah, say, sure. if, if we, we could go back to the to the Resurrections um, category, and you could almost put G.I. Joe, because G.I. Joe, uh, it, in my estimation, was pretty much a dead title, and IDW mm-hmm. resurrected the Joe franchise. Uh, you look at uh, Lock and Key, which most people know by now is one of my favorite, favorite series. Uh, IDW does great stuff and uh uh the definitive waiting place came out this year they did a lot oh yeah good point yep um but my favorite publisher of this year not a surprise for a lot of people this is the year that i got (laughs) totally hook line and sinker uh wrapped into dc it was so out was, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Kidding. Maybe I wasn't it, paying attention. It was, it was a, a from top to bottom. From and, and I think this is real easy to get into. A I liked this event or this event. Whatever sure, sure. event you went with was the publisher that you probably followed. And I know there are a lot of people. like David hasn't read Blackest Night yet, and and I think he will at some point. But he's been reading a lot of the Dark Rain stuff. And, and so I, you can't, you can't really afford 
Not that many people can afford to follow two big events at the same time. And if you're not following Blackest Night, it's going to be hard to be totally wrapped into everything that DC is doing. But I think Mm -hmm. top to bottom, from the Blackest Night event to what's going on with World of New Krypton and the Superman family, and you go through... Uh, everything that Grant Morrison is doing with uh, with the Bat characters, Batman and Robin has been fantastic. Uh, what's going on with Detective and and the other uh, Bat titles, and then you start looking at if you're going to include Wildstorm and Vertigo. I think DC had an awesome year, not just sales wise, but quality wise, and I think that they. I'm not going to say that they kicked Marvel's ass up and down the street, but uh, I, I think my opinions on the show have been pretty clear the last year. <laughs> yep. There you go. Um, and our audience agreed with Chris. Uh, 44%, the second, uh, beside the Disney buying Marvel thing, uh, the, the, the by far and away the biggest winner of any category was DC, uh, with 44% of the uh, votes going to them. And that surprised me just the magnitude again because um, a lot of our audience tends to have uh, tastes that expand beyond mainstream and uh, so I figured it'd be pretty diverse but um, I, I think you can't you can't you gotta give props to 44% of the vote. That tells you that they DC had a hell of a year. Now um, to be never, fair, never, never underestimate the power of zombies. Yeah, yeah. To be fair um, that was a combination of uh, votes for DC by itself, and also some people voted for DC slash Vertigo, um, but even if you strip out Vertigo separately, which I don't know why you would, but even if you did, DC proper still wins. They still had the most votes. Uh, Vertigo by itself would have been third place behind uh, Marvel, which got a quarter of the votes. So, you know, again, it's it's interesting for all of our, our talk and, and, and um, desire to support the, uh, you know, the smaller publishers. Um, you know, 77% of all the votes cast for publisher this year were for DC and Marvel. Um, sure. which, uh, you know, again, I think it's fair. Again, I think they both did excellent work this year and, and deserve, deserve the kudos. Uh, just under 10% went to Image, which I think, again, is, uh, is about right. And Dark Horse, as Vince said, should not be forgotten. They, uh, they had a solid 6.5% of the votes. So, um, this was probably one of the tightest categories. Only 13 publishers received votes. Um, you know, and obviously some of those votes went to Boom and and uh, you know and right, uh, so. and Picture Box and um, you know and and, and Avatar and, and uh, yeah, Fantagraphics and and uh, the, the like. But but the most, as I said, you know, ninety percent went to Image, Marvel, and DC. So a lot of uh, lot of good publishers out there right now. This is a tough category. Yeah. It's okay. uh, seriously, there's guys that are publishers doing some really good stuff out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And my pick was for Marvel also for a lot of the reasons that would. <laughs> mentioned. Did we pass over David? Oh, we forgot Sorry. to dab. Sorry. No, 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 you know no. I, I, I introduced you in and then, and then Vince stepped all over you. No, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Was it my fault, really? No, oh, sorry, no, no, no. You know, you, you, always, you always hurt the one you love. It's your turn now, though, for, for, for favorite new series. Favorite new series. Wow. Um, I was a little torn on this one. Uh, decided to go with not the most tasteful uh, <laughs> pun intended. Pun intended. Series <laughs> most tasty, but uh, in the house. I I love the visceral impact of of art. I I I really get jazzed when when a piece of creation makes me take a step back and just ah, oh, what am I reading? This is this is crazy. Yet I can't get enough. And and the concept of of this series, uh, I'm of course talking about you from Image. 
story by John Lehman, art and cover by Rob Guillory. It's a fantastic book, very inventive, very creative, well-paced, well-plotted storyline, really believable, fully rendered characters. I mean, I can't say enough about this title, so it's we only have like two three hours for the show i will say that if you haven't read proof and and you like your comics meaty uh visceral <laughs> um in, in in your face get chew because it, it was one of those things where you know the hype was generated for this book and it almost understated how just how good the title is i think it's 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 a brilliant start for the the, the pair and i hope that the title continues for a long time all right so uh, are are we back to me? I'm, yes. I'm okay. Yep. Uh, David I talked screwed about everything up. Ago. So, um, talked about it a couple minutes ago with uh, Vril Docs. Uh, Rebels is my favorite new series of 2009. I love, love, love fun sci-fi action comics, and uh, Rebels just scratches every one of those itches and. Uh, uh, totally fun series, and uh, if you like, uh, if you like, you know, Star Wars style, um, outer space pirate adventures, Rebels is a is a great great series. Yep, I agree. It's good stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. so fun. Uh, I read the first four issues over the weekend. They, they've been sitting, and I, I I just decided that I need to. There hasn't been a lot of new series that I that started this year that I've been getting into and I, and I know Vince with, with Chu and, and, and as great as I love Rebels and, and I know that Chris was picking that so I wanted to go in a different direction and uh, first four issues I'm hooked I haven't read the fifth yet uh, Sweet so Tooth good. Jeff Lemire Sweet Tooth I am Sweet I am tooth. absolutely I'm, I, I need to find out what happens I mm-hmm. I love Gus I feel bad for Gus I I, I love Jeff <laughs> it's, it's, yeah it's yeah da- David I, 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 I feel sorry for you man I, I know I know it's gonna break your fucking heart this that's next, what I'm hearing this, this, I kiss on Jeopardy's that, face that, that's <laughs> one thing that's one thing I, uh, I I saw on Twitter about someone said something oh, oh no no it was I'm sorry it was on the forum and uh and so I'm 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 dying to find out what happens, but at the same time I'm really not looking forward to reading it. But uh, but that's just a testament to, to Jeff. I, I I need to read this book. It is it is one of my favorite books right now, and I'm I'm happy to pick it for uh, for for favorite right. new series. That's awesome. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I have to say I I really um, like uh, three legs to a stool. I relied on you guys for this one because. Um, when I saw who you were voting for, it made my choice easy. But I, I, I probably would have voted your three votes. I probably would have voted for over what I voted for. Um, but I thought that there were four series that I, I thought deserve recognition. Um, I, I agree. Uh, Sweet Tooth, Rebels, and Shoe are all amazing, and uh, and probably again would have my vote. But since I saw you boys were kind of to vote for them, I uh, I was able to give uh, up to uh, one more series, and that's the Unwritten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by nice. Mike Carey and uh, art by uh, Peter Gross. Um, talked a little bit about it on the show when it first started coming out. Haven't talked about it much since. Um, it, it's just it's it's one of those series. It, to me, Vertigo had a hell of a, a year. Um, they they launched a bunch of new books, uh, Sweet Tooth being one, Unwritten being another, but there are others as well that uh, just really deserve uh, kudos. 
Unwritten is essentially a story of, of uh, some have compared it to Harry Potter. It's about Tom Taylor, who is um, basically his dad wrote a, a series of really popular fantasy novels and that, that revolves around him. Um, and he basically makes his living by, you know, appearing at conventions and the like as that character. And he hates it, you know, because he's, he's his own person and he's not that character, but everyone that sees him just, you know, views him as that character. But um, but that's just, you know, really the, the scratch of the surface. Um, and it has much to do with the uh, the A.A. Milne, you know, uh, Winnie the Pooh stuff as it does the Harry Potter stuff, where he really, really hates, the, he resents his father and he hates being associated with this. But but uh, but it quickly descends into, like, the mystic and the fantastical and you, you come to wonder, you know, was he really his son even from this earth? And it just it's just, every issue is sort of a, a, a deeper delve and there's just so many layers and um you know the book i think is um you know it, we're, we're only you know we're just getting started and this has the this is one of those books where you know that sort of uh four, three four or five years from now yeah. it's it's gonna all tie back together and just be this huge epic story but right now it just keeps you're still falling down the well you know you're falling down the looking glass if you will um and, and it's just it's it's just wonderful so uh so again it, it probably to be fair wouldn't have been my absolute top choice but you guys hit on the uh, the only books I think that deserved some more recognition, so that's my choice. The unwritten and the, um, and the the trade just came out for ten bucks, and I yeah, I, I just picked it up, and I'm about an issue or two into it, and I'm digging it. So you are you're you're spot on. Nice, nice. Um, the the big time winner from the audience uh, was Chew. Uh, almost 22% of the voters gave that props, and uh, and certainly I think all of us that have read it would would concur with that. Um, you know, Vince said it well. Uh, it's a great book, and uh, I hope that has a nice long run. Uh, number two, um, again, not surprising. Um, actually, this was in the lead for a long time, and then sort of right the last like two three weeks, the votes for Chew started pouring in. But uh, but for much of the last few months since we put this this thread up in the forum batman and robin was was leading the pack and that did end up finishing second and, and again i think well deserved that that's a great a great new series by dc um unwritten was third and rounding out the uh the notables was sweet tooth with uh with just over six percent of the vote so uh great stuff nice awesome. well jason has to go make pee pee so we're gonna pause here and we'll be back after this voicemail nice <laughs> Hello to all of you out in internet land. My name's Dave. I'm, I live in, in London. I actually probably, well, Croydon, probably quite close to, uh, to actually one of the other listeners, uh, uh, Matt Burden. Um, or you always call him Templar. I've never met him. I do think he might be stalking me. Oh, something weird. I got weird phone calls at the comic shop once. Anyway, uh, the reason I'm, um, doing this, I, because I was backing up my computer the other day. Um, going through the hard drive, copying everything over, you know. And I came across episode 13 of 11 O'Clock Comics. And I sat there and I thought, bloody hell. So I've been listening to this thing for... God. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not, I know there's people out there who have been listening since before it was... When it was some other podcast before. But, you know, that's still quite a long time. That's well over a year. And um did make me wonder about my sanity a little bit. Um, one of the things I've always enjoyed about the show is, is the voicemails, and I've always wanted to leave a voicemail, but here in America, and I can't really justify that kind of call cost, to be honest with you. So I, I tweeted at lovely Mr. Vince, uh, and I asked him if it was alright to send her an MP3. So now I sit 
in my office at work at quarter past two in the morning because um, I work the night shift in a hospital furtively talking into the recording microphone of my mp3 player I suppose I ought to actually talk about something other than you know that I really enjoyed the show and telling you boring details of my own mundane little life on this week's show you were talking about the um, the Marvel graphic novels um, and you missed one really really good one I was quite surprised that nobody brought up uh, Star Jammers Star, Star Slammers not Star Jammers Star Slammers the uh, Walter Simonson graphic novel because that I mean that's one of my favourite graphic novels of all time I think <coughs> oh you were talking about Digital Justice as well and yeah it, it's funny because that was billed as the, fir- the first graphic novel uh, digital graphic novel I mean I remember I remember when it came out thinking I mean, well, I was like 11 when Digital Justice came out, and so it was, you know, it was a big surprise and everything. But even by then, I was already a bit fully. I was a, I was a nerd. I, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't, wasn't the popular kid at school, you know. Um, and I, 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 I was sure I'd already seen, you know, the world's first computer-generated comic book written on something in the comic shop in Forbidden Planet, and I had, and I've, I've just been. You know, trolling around on the internet, and I found that Iron Man crash was actually drawn by a guy called Mike Sainz, who also drew a comic book called Shatter, which was what I remembered seeing in Forbidden Planet, which, by as far as I can see, seems to be the first digital comic book um, produced all on the computer, which, you know, uh, is probably about the most useless piece of information a person could be given. Um, so rather than just spout boring things at you, I have a request. I do have one request, and that is, please, Mr. 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 Bond, please, can you actually tell us what the music is on each episode, either in the show notes or somewhere in the show? Because I, I never know what it is, you know, except very rarely I might recognise something. But it's always fucking fantastic. Um, this week's outro was, was amazing. And I really... I mean, I, I tend to just assume it's Frank Zappa, but... Um, I'm guessing most of the time I'm probably wrong, and it would be really, it would be really cool to actually know. That's about it, really. Yeah, I, j- I guess I just wanted to let you know there are people out here who can't can't be bothered with forums and all that, you know, circular conversation, but still, you know, loved love and enjoy the the podcast. So you 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 make my you make working the night shift bearable, guys. Thank you very much. That's a feat in itself. And I'll, I'll listen to you next week. Bye. Uh, favorite single issue is, as Wood already uh, mentioned in, in his oh, death of the year. Um, X Factor number thirty-nine. Excellent choice, David. It was uh, as as Wood mentioned. It was it was a kick to the gut. It uh, it I mean, aside from a great marriage of, of words and pictures, the Peter David was able to. Really, it, it was the last thing in the world you expected, and, and it just mm-hmm. it it completely floored me. And when I think about the single issues of the year, I mean, we had Thor six hundred, we had we had you know, well, any Spider- issue of, of the Hulk, we had Spider Man six hundred, which was nothing but but original content. Um, you know, any it, 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 Green Lantern origin issues, you had there. You know, it, it was a milestone year for a lot of. Uh, for a lot of series, but I mean, as far as the one issue that that stuck with me throughout the year, or, or what I would think about often, it, it was it. It had to be X Factor Thirty Nine. Nice. Can't argue with you. Although I guess I will. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, my choice was uh, Deadpool Team Up 899. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, folks. Uh, no, no Deadpool. Um, mine was, uh, was, was again, uh, it's a book that I read mostly in trade, um, and it's a book that is criminally under underread, underbought, and um, and and until recently had uh, been largely one and done, which is one of its uh, one of the beautiful ways to distinguish itself. Uh, that is Jonah Hex, and uh, I'm talking about Jonah Hex number fifty, uh, which just came out uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we talked about it on the show a bit. It uh, was a, a oversized issue, um, illustrated by Darwin Cook, of course, written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, as it always is. Uh, just you know, Darwin Cook is is certainly one of my favorite cartoonists. Um, it, it, he he can do no wrong in my book, and, and to see him, you know, devote forty plus pages to Jonah in a, a, a one shot um, just really hit the spot. It it was a great book. Um, you know, it's a great Jonah Hex is a great comic in general, but but this to me was 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 a you know for a 50th issue was was a landmark issue, and they they did it proud, and uh, uh, that's certainly of uh, of all the ongoing series that I read, that that's the sort of the one just single issue in a world where it's sort of all about arcs and waiting for the trade that uh, that stood out to me. So so I got to give mad props to Jonah Hex. Excellent, awesome. excellent. Um, again, this was a very hard category for me. But because I I, I I would have pegged you to pick what you picked. Okay. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I cho- I chose a comic that was guest edited by Sammy Harkham, who edited the ginormous Kramer's Ergot number seven. And if anybody listening has an extra hundred and twenty five dollars they want to throw my way, I would, I would <laughs> love to have that because I still don't don't have. I it. wouldn't put it past our listeners to do that. For um, us. Among some of the Especially disgustingly yeah. talented individuals in Bart Simpson's Treehouse of Horror number fifteen, a lot of Picture Box alumni, C.F. from Power Masters, Chicago and Jeffrey Brown, mm-hmm. Jordan Crane from Uptight and Non, which we. Uh, talked about before. Uh, oh, Kevin Huizenga, who we mentioned last episode, uh, draws Ganges for Fanographics. Ted May, talked about him with injury. Matt Thurber, another Picture Box alumni who does 1 800 Mice. Um, uh-huh. Fort Thunder alumni, Ben Jones. BJ and the Dogs, Ben Jones was in this issue. John Kirschbaum from PD and Pussy. Uh, John Vermilli who did uh, some cold heat work with Picture Boxes, Frank Santoro. Dan Zetwak did an amazing cover. It's the Simpsons like you've never seen them before, but always wanted to, drawn by a slew of just criminally talented individuals. Uh, it's a what-if Simpsons universe. It was a, a masterpiece of uh, ingenuity, how they put all these creators together in one book to do The Simpsons, and it just speaks of the power of The Simpsons, that, that you can get such a diverse array of talent to work on a series that's 20 years old, mm-hmm. really. It's, it's like, uh, uh, and a lot of these guys I read that were very, uh, like, chomping at the bit to do this because they just love The Simpsons. It has that acerbic wit that, that fits in so well with the indie scene. It, it was just a masterpiece for four ninety nine, best issue of the year uh, among a lot of great issues. I agree with David, and uh, you had the Punisher, the list. It was just <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I had to bring that up. Fantastic <laughs> year for comics all around. Yeah. Just great year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you like the uh, uh, the Marvel Strange Tales, if you were a fan of that, mm-hmm. and you missed the uh, Treehouse of Horror 
you, you need you, to you need pick to it up. Treehouse of Horror was better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, and I I I enjoyed the the Strange Tales a lot. Yeah. But uh, Treehouse of Horror, that is a book that every single year is so so good. Yep. Uh, Bongo does a really nice job with with their Simpson comics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes sometimes better than the show, and that's saying a lot. Cause I'm a big Simpsons fan. Yep. Betcha. Um, I am going to tag team with, uh, with Wood on this one. Word. Uh, it was a very, very close race with another comic that we're going to talk about a little bit later with the favorite one shots. But, uh, uh, Jonah Hex 50, if, um, um, Martians landed on, on, my uh my house and uh and I invited them in for a cup of tea and bourbon and they asked me what a comic book was I would <laughs> give them I would give them Jonah Hex number 50 awesome. because it was awesome wow don't give them bourbon though cuz that's urine to Martians oh, Jesus <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well they can pee in my mouth any oh nice i love it we get the water sports not here not all ages not all ages <laughs> oh right. god he went there he went no. That John, was John, great. Jonah X fifty was awesome. Yeah, I agree. Again, another one of those issues. Like, whoa, takes your breath away. That's great. No, I agree. Um, and, uh, and and apparently, um, we have a smart audience. And uh, yet again, they uh, they agree with Chris and I. So, twelve point four percent of audience voted for Jonah Hex number fifty. Um, so, uh, Matt, good on you. Um, rounding out the top three were uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 600, which, again, you know, I know some people had mixed feelings about Marvel renumbering uh, a lot of their comics and then putting out all these anniversary issues. Um, but but I have to say the uh, Amazing Spidey 600, which which was a legitimate 600, and also was, was a lot of fun, and we talked about it on the show, and I thought that was a, a great mm-hmm. issue. And then... Um, uh, the the third place vote, which which kind of surprised me, even though I just talked about it, was uh, the unwritten uh, issue number five. Um, and I guess I, I understand why people voted for it. I don't. I won't spoil it. But uh, but uh, I was just surprised that of all the you know the single issues, the thousands of single issues that we all read over the course of this year, that that one got uh, singled out as the uh, third best. So it, hopefully that speaks to the quality of that book. And uh, this was one of the most diverse categories. Fifty-seven sure. different uh, comics got voted on at least once uh, in this category. Nice. So yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, Who's up next? Me. I just went so. Actually, it's me. It's it's yeah. it's wooed. Yeah, it's it's wooed. Um, okay, so this was actually when we first posted the categories, we had uh, favorite collected edition, um, and um, we all quickly realized that that just wasn't going to do it because this was the year of the collected edition. Uh, and, and I suspect as the year goes on, there'll be more and more of that because just more and more stuff is getting both reprinted and and published directly into uh, you know collected form. So we divided it up probably about a month ago uh, um, into two categories: favorite original graphic novel and favorite collected edition slash reprint. So um, we'll start with the collected edition reprint. And um, uh, for me, this was a pick. Uh, th- there were tons and tons of good things, and I, I saw what you all, all you guys voted for, and I, I, I own and love everything that you guys are about to talk about. But um, for me, really? again, it's... 
Uh, well, okay, maybe except for Vince. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yeah, let me couch that. Uh, although I suspect that once Vince uh, waxes uh, poetically f- about it, I'll probably go uh, on Amazon later and buy it. I um, don't but, think so. Oh, okay. So, so my choice um, was uh, was Cap- the Captain Britain omnibus. Um, <clears throat> uh, again, Alan Davis, one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, you know the. Uh, Captain Britain omnibus reprints uh, just an ass load of uh, of his original appearances with uh, uh, much of the writing done by uh, Alan Moore, which you know to me is incomparable. There's no better. Um, so when you put you know the best writer ever in in a comic with with in my opinion you know one of the best if not the best uh, pencilers of all time, that's just that's magic for me. So um, I own a bunch of the uh, Marvel omnibus and uh, and I love them all, but but this was one that I just. Uh, was was giddy with anticipation to get. It took actually it came out four or five months later than it was supposed to. And uh, when it finally came, um, unlike many of the Omnibuy that just sit on my shelf and look pretty, I actually sat down and read uh, the vast majority of this one as soon as I got it. And uh, it's just fantastic. So um, it's just just great writing, great art, and um, and a really really well packaged and comprehensive look back at uh, at the uh, you know the first uh, salvo of this character. So. Um, so this was a pretty easy one for me, but there were plenty of other worthy nominees as well, such mm-hmm. as... Uh, Jason, do you have the clandestine um, yeah, yeah. edition? That's mm-hmm. great, too. It I don't think great, that yeah. came out in 2009, though. But anyway, by far the most difficult category for me. I, I sweated I sweated over this one. I, I, I weighed the options and, and literally put things side by side and compared. <laughs> uh, it, it, I was stumped. Uh, so many good collected editions over the past year. Blazing Combat from Fantagraphics. Oh, that was great. Wow. The, the Complete Essex County from Top Shelf. The 60th anniversary hardcover of Casper the Friendly Ghost from Dark Horse. The Creepy Fan- and Eerie uh, That's in my list. Uh, Fantagraphics collection of Humbug. The Kurtzman, mm-hmm. Elder, Davis, Jeffe, Roth mm-hmm. uh, collection. Go-Go Monster from Viz Select, which I did not put in the same category as my favorite OGN, even though I wanted to and it would have gave my choice a run for its money. I did not, based on what Chris said last week, yeah. Uh, John Stanley's Nancy, Volume 1, and Melvin the Monster from Drawn and Quarterly. Another from Drawn and Quarterly, um, A Drifting Life by Yoshihiro Tatsumi. Mm -hmm. Strange Suspense, the Steve Ditko Archives, Volume 1. Fletcher Hanks, You Shall Die by Your Own Evil Creation from Fantagraphics, both of those. Art Spiegelman and Francois Mouly's Toon Treasury of Classic Children's Comics by Abrams Comics Arts. Tales Designed to Thrizzle, Yes, It's That Good uh, yeah. by Michael Kupperman from Fantagraphics. Another from Fantagraphics. Jacques Tardy, the whole series, the West Coast Blues, and You Are There, and the Trenches that's coming out. Oh, my God, you need I to read these books. I, I can't wait to talk to, uh, with you uh, about West Coast Blues next week, because I oh, got it. Nice. I'm looking at it right now, and it is pretty. Oh, you, good. You steered, you steered me good again. I never steer you wrong. But the number one choice for me for Best Collected Edition is from Picture Box. And there's a reason why I chose this, aside from it being a visionary work by one of the most underrated cartoonists ever, it's a very important work, because Matt Brinkman, who drew this multi-force series, was part of the very, very important Providence, Rhode Island art collective known as Fort Thunder. Do some research on these dudes. Very important. They set a lot of trends. They uh, they, they were at the heart of this white hot 
blazing ball of creativity that just spread through comics. Uh, this book, uh, oversized book, it's huge. It's almost the same size as the Acme Novelty Joke Book. And if you have that, you know that's a big-ass comic. Um, was 15 bucks, but it collects all of Brinkman's paper rad strips, printed the exact same size in which they were printed. He is, and I'm not exaggerating, you gotta check out your, his work. If Gary Pan, if there was a two-headed beast of Gary Panther and Jack Kirby, and it had a vagina, <laughs> the, the, the umbilical cord, which w- would nourish the child that, that was attached to it, that child would be Matt Brinkman. This guy's astounding. Uh, he creates worlds that are so real and so unique to himself, very idiosyncratic. You, you, you get sucked into this surreal, bizarre, off-kilter, completely unique place that could only come from him. It's kind of like Jack says. Don't don't draw the way you think it should be drawn. Draw speak in your own graphic language. This guy does it, and it's just amazing. Uh, I don't want to attach uh-huh. verbal concepts to this art. Just do a search for Matt Brinkman Multiforce Picture Box and see it. It's amazing, visceral. I use that word a lot because it is. It grabs you by the throat. You cannot ignore this art. It it, it is not your typical plotting. A to B to C to D comic book. It, it's very much stream of consciousness, and it takes wacky turns, and the characters run like you've never seen before. It's beautiful. Matt Brinkman's Multiforce from Picture Box. They they deserve your respect because anybody that publishes this, oh, you got to see it. Gorgeous, just beautiful. It's that ratty panther line that, like, if if. Brinkman slit his wrists and just smeared it on the page. It's just gorgeous. It's superb. I, I can't gush enough over this. But uh, Wood, I feel pretty safe in saying it's not your cup of. And that's not a, okay. that's not a swipe at you. Yeah, no, did, no. Did, did you like uh, Power Masters? No. Okay. Then then it's it's not it's akin to Power Masters in in. Vision, but it's not in, in execution. But yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that because, right. as you know, uh, I just ordered uh, uh, last week. What did I order from your, your recommendation? Um, Pim and Francing. Pim and Francing. No, uh, Unclothed oh, uh, Man in the Thirty Fifth Century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I when you say I like it, I'll give it a try. So if you say I'm not gonna like it, I'll. I'll, yeah. I'll uh, it's it it's it's not reserved. It it's very uh, uncompromising, and and you mm-hmm. need to be in on the joke, and you will be once you let the aesthetics seep in but it takes a while from get to get there but i i do no, know it's not a knock i just don't think you you'd enjoy it cool that's no, all it's all good bro yeah let's go all mm-hmm. right um i love this category uh i'm a i'm an art director by trade and i love uh high-end publishing just the the art of high-end publishing and i think favorite collected edition um that you need to elevate the the material and it really becomes a showcase for for what you're showing off. I mean, uh, anybody can put out a, a a trade paperback or a you know a, a regular hardcover release, but I think this category is about going above and beyond in how you showcase the material. Um, as much as I uh, love stuff like the the Camelot three thousand. Uh, big hardcover, which was awesome, um, or the um, 
the American flag, which was which was really nice. Um, I thought that uh, the folks at Comicraft did a really nice job with the Elephant Men. Uh, Fatal Diseases was a beautiful hardcover release. Um, my my runner up in this category is the Criminal Deluxe Edition. I I think that for for a collected edition, I think that you need to have a lot of bonus material. Uh, I think that you need to, um, in, in cases to go above and beyond, is present the artwork larger than it was originally published, uh, and, and, and Criminal did both of those things. And that, um, uh, when people, I think, talk about European albums, and I've always wanted to go to, to France and, and go to a, a French comic shop and kind of experience these, these European albums, I, I look at, at, um, Criminal as like an American European graphic album and and i i really love that format and i hope they continue to do that but um david do you want to you want to tag team on this one absolutely david and and i picked the same one and and what did we pick david the rocketeer the complete adventures deluxe edition yep because it is awesome it is it is, it is. I, I need to borrow vince's thesaurus for this i mean for me <laughs> I took it out of the slipcase mm-hmm. and opened it up, and and number one, the smell alone. I just I I just sat there and I just I I, I took in the the, well, the fragrance, just just the the smell that this book gave off. It was just mm-hmm. I, Laura Martin's colors mm-hmm. are gorgeous on top of the late Dave Stevens artwork. Um, that that may have been the the tipping point for me on this um, to go along with uh, presentation and quality of printing and back matter and bonuses. Oh, God, yeah. They didn't just reprint the old material. They meticulously went back over the the original art, which I guess Dave Stevens, if you read the introduction, which is a fantastic introduction by Thomas Jane, <laughs> that blew of, me away alone. What, but it was a great introduction. Apparently, yes. Thomas Jane and Dave Stevens were good friends. And um, uh, he talks about how Stevens kept pretty much all but a couple pages of the original art that I, that I think he had given to a couple very close friends. So they were able to get all the original uh, black and white art back for this. And Laura Martin went back and did a fantastic job of recoloring this. But, I mean, you, you, the first thing you mentioned was the slipcase. It's a beautiful sl- slipcase presentation. I'm, I'm a fool for slipcases. Um, uh, let's also not forget that uh, IDW uh, produced this. Yep. Yep, uh, yep. Retailed for $75 and it's worth every single penny um, mm-hmm. because they didn't, they didn't stop just with representing the original material the uh, probably half at least half of the book of the deluxe is all bonus material what half of the book is yeah. bonus material yeah. covers paste up art just then little um yeah anecdotes like like the backstory between betty page and dave stevens yep um mm-hmm. rough comes with a nice little comes with a bookmark you know, I, it's it's it really it, it. I was waiting for it for a long time. And, yeah. Uh, and and it 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 came last week, and I I, I haven't started reading it because I'm just I, I just I take it out of the slipcase and I just look at it. And I'm well, just... <laughs> let's just consult Baron's American Slang Dictionary and Thesaurus. 
because it it's just primo. It's righteous. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's sl- sick, smooth, something else, splendiferous. Oh, it's nice. It is sick. It's cushy yeah. Cracker Jack, the bomb. It's super fly. It's jamming. It's hellacious. I didn't know hellacious was a was a. Oh yeah. A pot. Yeah, cool. no, that's a good thing. It's gnarly, groovy, killer, mean, neat, nifty, nitro, and not too shabby. It's, it's a lot more than not too shabby. No, it's, but, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's the bee's knees, and uh, on top of all of the 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 beauteousness of it, it's a really fun story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it yeah. pays homage to who I think is the most beautiful woman that ever walked this planet. Uh, Betty Page. You betcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one so, was smoking. You guys are, are right. I mean, I think that this is one of those books where, if it had come out a month or two ago, it may have gotten a lot more votes than it did. Because I, I agree. I, I like like with David. I got mine. Actually, I haven't. I didn't look at mine until after the new year because my uh, DCBS shipment was um, kind of stuck in limbo. But uh, certainly, everything you guys said is well deserving. And, and I, I can't say that if I didn't have this sitting in my uh, comic room for the last few weeks and was able to read through it, uh, I wouldn't have, have decided to go with that instead because it's, uh, it's just ridiculously gorgeous. And, and it's a real, real shame that Dave Stevens didn't have the... Um, while he was living, the uh, the yeah, universal acclaim yeah. that that he, oh. I mean, certainly he was yeah. well well respected by uh, artists, and obviously our friend Steve Bryant, you know, worships at the altar and, and deservedly so. But I think that uh, that he was not the household name he probably should have been, and uh, yeah. maybe this this will help put him in that in that uh, that space. Um, I, so, I definitely uh, definitely think if they existed in the same time frame, Michelangelo mm-hmm. would definitely have deferred to Dave Stevens. Eddie <laughs> oh, nice. Eddie Praise. Yep. Uh, this was one of the uh, tighter categories amongst the uh, audience. Lots of different votes for different people. Um, with just over 10% of the vote, we actually had a tie for first place. Um, the one not surprised, which was the uh, the uh, complete Essex County trilogy by our buddy Jeff Lemire, mm-hmm. um, which is beautiful. There were two versions. Um, it, it, there's a, a slipcase hardcover, or not a slipcase actually, just a hardcover, and then there's a soft cover. Um, it combines his three uh, Essex County OGNs as well as a bonus story. Um, I double dipped on it. Um, Again, it was uh, it's a beautiful collection, and uh, it's nice shelf porn, um, and and, uh, and certainly his um, his Essex County books were on many a best of list in in 2007 and 2008 uh, in their own rights, um, and then tied for that though, which actually kind of surprised me because it is a, a tried to reprint of something that got a lot of praise the year before, which is uh, the I Kill Giants trade paperback, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. probably of all the things that we're going to talk about tonight, it's probably the one that's I guess most representative of waiting for the trade because uh, certainly we we talked about and praised I Kill Giants. Giants when it was coming out in 2008 um, by Joe Kelly and um, uh, who is it? Um... <laughs> it is J.M. Ken Namura. Right. Exactly. So so that, uh, you know, and I guess um, I, this wouldn't have been something I voted for because this was, was it's as a trade a, paperback. Yeah, it's, it's a trade of, of a series. There isn't really a lot. It's not particularly like fancily packaged. There's a lot of extras. But, but certainly I, I do think the story uh, the, is, the material fantastic, but that's yeah, yeah. kind of what I was saying about uh, the the collected edition. I think that is showcasing what you can do in in reprinting and repackaging right, the right. material. So there's no, I mean, these are for favorite lists, so there's no right or wrong answers. If it's right. your favorite, then it's your favorite. But mm-hmm. I, I look at the category uh, differently. Yeah, know. yeah. And lots and lots of votes on this. The third place vote uh, was um, 
by uh, another book that uh, is certainly another friend of the show, uh, Scotty Young and, uh, and Eric Schenauer's uh, Wonderful Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. Marvel's uh, a collected edition of that, which, which is also well-deserving of praise. So, uh, yeah, so great category. Tons and tons of stuff. I mean, I think we all – this is one of our favorite categories. This and the next one are certainly two of our favorite categories yeah. as groups. Next category is favorite OGN. Yes. Yeah, who's leading off with this? You is. You, me? Oh, good yeah. Lord. Well. <laughs> you, me, and David. I, 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 I think yeah. it's it's pretty obvious um, mm-hmm. what what I at least I mean it was touch and go there for a while because Go Go Monster is really yeah, you were, good. You were threatening not to pick it. It was really good, but again, I put them side by side. Which one did more? Which had a longer reach? Which meant more to me as a comic fan? And which what did I get? I went with Asterios Polyp. By by Mr. Mazzucchelli. It is a fantastic piece of work. That was another uh, choice for me. Yeah, if you want to hear us uh, expound on this, we have a an episode, a couple, uh, well, about ten back, that that yeah. we just we just go wacky noodle on it. But it's just there. There's really for this year, you can compare, but everything else pretty much falls short. And that's saying a lot because the this category, you take Asterius out of out of the running. Um, incredible, incredible year for OGNs. And I'm not discounting Jason's because it was, it was also one of, one of my favorites, but, um, it it was such a very good year for, for OGNs. Mm -hmm. Josh Cotter's driven by lemons. It's just Mm -hmm. Dash Shaw, crazy. Mind-numbing Richard books Stark's came out. The, the, you know, the Hunter. Yeah, Parker. It's just crazy. But, uh, Asterios, uh, climb to the top of the heap for me, and obviously Chris and, and David. But uh, let's hear what the boy has to say. <laughs> yeah, well, well, look, I mean, um, it almost was a clean sweep here because, because objectively, Asterios Polyp, nine out of ten years would have been the runaway winner of this. I mean, it was a brilliant graphic novel, um, but uh, maybe seven, eight weeks ago, I talked about another. Um, OGN that came out this year, which I, I did say at the time, slightly edged out of Stereos for me, um, uh, which was Three Story by Matt Kent. Um, and, and again, you can listen to that episode for, I went into a lot of detail, but, uh, but this is, you know, this is splitting hairs here. I mean, this was, uh, you know, if we do this show for another 10 years, God help us, um, I don't know that we'll ever have a year where OGN material is as good as we had this year. I mean, it was just so many fantastic works. And, um, so, you know, my pick was, was Kent's three story, but, but damn, Diffisterios wasn't, you know, one of the best OGNs of all time in nice. its own right. Um, can't, can't go and, wrong with either one. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, it was, it was kind of, you know, the, the, the godfather and, you know, the, Whatever, pick up like, Jaws. Like Daisy, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, it's you know two, two great movies coming out. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Bridges uh, to- in Madison totally. County. Because yeah. I, I did sit down and uh, and read three story uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was it was everything I expected it to be and more. I, I yeah. absolutely loved it. it Glad to hear that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not surprisingly, thirty-five um, percent of our audience agreed uh, with with my with my cohorts here and, and voted for Asterios. Um, so th- this was actually another category that there wasn't actually there were really three clear-cut choices, and then a couple of stragglers that kind of filled out the rest of the roster. But but Asterios got a third of the votes, um, which again makes sense. Uh, number two, um, which again I in most years would have probably been 
many of our choices, which is uh, which is uh, Darwin Cook's um, Richard Stark's Parker Starkings Park Starker Starkings uh, Stark Stark uh, Par- Parker the Hunter. Twenty eight percent of people voted for that. And certainly, that's also fantastic work, and uh, and I can't wait for for next year's follow up. Uh, and then in third place was 16% of the vote. Again, 16% would be enough to win most categories for this one that was third place. And that is um, our, our friend Jeff Lemire's uh, The Nobody, uh, which, again, oh, we yeah. also spent quite a bit of time on the show talking about uh, at length. So um, we won't spend too much time here. But but all three seriously deserving as well as a host of others that we probably didn't mention and should have. Well, so. Je- Jeff had a good year, didn't he? Oh, uh, yes. He really did, yeah. 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 So, All right. So up next is, um, I think, uh, it's Chris with Favorite Mini. Oh, favorite mini. This is a tough one. This, um, quite honestly, was my most difficult category because along with the great OGNs and collected editions that came out, this was a really strong year for miniseries. And uh, as I've done uh, a lot tonight, I've got a couple honorable mentions. And uh, the the first one is what I... Um, what I consider to be the best JSA book that's come out this year. Uh, JSA, the, the main series, I think is is kind of stumbling a little bit after the Jeff Johns era as uh, uh, William Hamm and Sturgis, I think, are still trying to find, find their voice on that team. But there was a great JSA miniseries called JSA vs. Cobra. And uh, it is... Um, uh, I talked with uh, Eric Troutman the uh, uh, the author of it and Don Kramer who drew it and Don had had drawn JSA for a long time and that was really kind of a um, uh, in my opinion a nice uh, continuation of Checkmate which was a series that I loved but then tying in a lot of the JSA characters so I I, I wanted to spend a second on that um, the uh, my my runner up is Mysterious the Unfathomable. Um, I, I think, uh, that's going to be talked about by one of my other, uh, cohorts here in a second. But, uh, Mysterious was, um, what good, fun, um, kind of almost naughty comics should be. And, uh, uh, we've talked with Tom a few times on the show. Mysterious is great. But my favorite miniseries this year, um, <clears throat> far and away, was G.I. Joe Cobra. And mm-hmm. it um it brought G.I. Joe not just back for me, but uh, took it in places that I didn't know you could go with a G.I. Joe comic. And it uh I'm a nut for, for espionage and, and war stories and this just was was right in my wheelhouse for the kind of comics that I, I sit back and just can really, really enjoy in a popcorn eating, um, just pure entertainment way, yeah. and absolutely, absolutely love this series. Um, uh, Christos Gage was the, uh, uh, I, th- I think the uh, most well known guy uh, on the on the the creative team, but um, oh, and I don't have it sitting in front of me. Who is his co writer? on the on the book jason do you happen to know i don't offhand though ah it's gonna kill me i'm gonna have to look it up but uh um was it sturgis was it no it wasn't sturgis um 
I will I will have to look it up. Uh, it's one that yeah, I, if it was in, if I had the trade, I would be able to grab it. It's one I actually bought in single issues, so it's all wow. filed away. Um, yeah, and I don't buy that many many series in single issues. But GI Joe Cobra was just a a, a fantastic series, and you can mm-hmm. pick it up in in trade now. But uh, GI Joe Cobra, love it. It's uh it's Christos Cage and Mike Costa. With, uh, yes. art, art by Antonio yes. Fuso. Antonio Fuso. Thank you. Thank Fuso. Fuso. <laughs> Just like saying that. So, uh, so the king, what was, what was your pick? Uh, it was really there. There was kind of no contest. Uh, Mysterious the Unfathomable. Yay, it, we could tag team. Yes, we can. Uh, it was every issue from one to the next. It it I, I read... I read the first one when it came out, then I went back and read one and two when number two came out, and then, and then like, I think when I got to number four, I was just like, all right, I'm going to wait till I have all six <laughs> issues, and I think I've read it at least twice. It's, yeah. it, it's beautiful to look at. Jeff Parker writes a, a, a witty and funny book, and the characters in it are just, you know, even if I wasn't looking for, Penn and Teller and David Blaine and all the other magicians or illusionists that 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 were being parodied or or, or satirized in, in this comic. It still made just a fun. I mean, Mysterious is is another one who's just like, oh my god, could you be a bigger dick? And and it's and it's great to <laughs> and read. He, he, this he probably does have one. Yeah, it, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. I mean, but I mean, but but the detail and the work that that yeah. Tom puts into the book with with with. The Demons and and the Doctor Seuss feel to oh god it was yeah. beautiful it's just uh, pull out the conceptual blender trademark Vince B uh, <laughs> toss in some X Files and Aleister Crowley and Blake Stone and Harry Houdini Doctor Seuss and uh, man myth magic and spin it all up and that delicious juice that pours from that sucker that's mysterious it was yeah. astounding it's like Parker and yep. Fowler, they found my button, and they diddled it for friggin' yep. the whole series, and I they gave loved it. They gave it a They did well, yeah, they did, they and they the cleaned up. Too. They cleaned up when they were done. How could you not two, like that? Two in your pink and one in your stink. No, it was just it's it's an amazing series. The collected edition is available right now from uh, DCBS. No, you can order. No, no, no. It's uh, it's on the order form this month. Oh, on too. the order form. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about. Because you pre-order at DCBS. Comes out in early March. Yes, so pre-order it now, and you get a nifty old print from uh, the uh, Mister Fowler. And if you put EOC eight EOC eight for first-time customers, you get an extra eight percent off. It's nuts. How about that? I snuck that shit in. Good. I'm please, please pre-order this book. You know why we're asking you not because more. I'm sorry. Right, not, I'm not because absolutely. Fowler and Parker are giving us kickbacks, because we want to see more of this. Fowler won't even absolutely. give you a reach around. No, <laughs> well, he will Damn send you ske- a beautiful sketchbook, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just man, it's so good and sexy mm-hmm. and and yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Kyle can draw a woman, can he? Oh, Baby got I back. She do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she do. All of them. Well, you guys, again, I mean, you hit on, if there were two miniseries that we gushed about this year on the show, uh, I would say G.I. Joe Cobra and Mysterious were the two. Um, and so I can't argue with other of those. Um, I went for a different one, and it's actually another one that um, was kind of a late change for me. 
Um, and that's Wonderful Wizard of Oz, again, by uh, by wow. Eric Schenauer and Scotty Young from Marvel. Um, and really what changed it for me is um, I probably would have voted for either of the two you guys gave the nod to um, personally. But um, over the last two weeks, I have spent every single night reading huge chunks of this book repeatedly to my sons. Um and and I have I have read a lot of comics and a lot of stories and a lot of other things to them, and I have never, and quite honestly, I've never seen them beg for a book like they've begged for this one. That's uh, awesome. They, when we finished the 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 hardcover uh, the first time, um, my middle son Jackson actually started crying because he couldn't deal with the fact that it was over. And uh, when I, then I then I told him that well we can read it again. He started. He immediately stopped crying and said, oh, yeah, we can read it again. <laughs> so, cool. uh, you know, I mean, again, we talk about a lot about how sort of comics aren't necessarily accessible all that much anymore to all ages and that, uh, you know, that's a byproduct of just how we're all getting older. And um, and, and this is an exception to that. And um, and much as, as this, this came out this year, you know, they are uh, doing a follow-up for the second uh, Oz book this year in single issues which i'm buying and then i'm sure another beautiful hardcover will come up later in 2010 so um so so yeah. well deserved props for uh mm-hmm. for scotty and eric on that one so and and while you're on the shanauer tip mm-hmm. if they if they do love oz mr shanauer had an oz book come out today I, I can't recall the name but it came out from dark horse uh certainly not in the same visual style as the maestro mr young shanauer drew this mm-hmm it's oh, okay. so it's so sweet you want to lick it and it's in color it's in trade and it's only 9.99 oh nice. wow yes it's nice. gorgeous yeah, I, can't wait. Today. I can't wait to tell scotty that uh, he made your kids cry <laughs> nice. and not in the usual way either like you need to know ego boost um this was uh this category in terms of the audience was uh was another one where there wasn't a definitive like runaway winner um in fact the uh the quote-unquote winner actually got that less than 10 percent of the vote so it shows you how how uh how dispersed it was uh but that winner was uh umbrella academy dallas which was the of course follow-up to totally the, uh, worthy pick totally yeah, worthy pick. the follow-up sure. to the uh sequel to the um Surprise smash hit of uh, was it 2008 or 2007 uh, Umbrella Academy by oh, wow. by uh, pop star Gerard Way and uh, and Gabriel Ba um, one of the fabulous Ba Moon brothers. Um, so Dallas, yeah, has the follow up and, uh, and and an awesome an awesome mini in and of itself. Um, G.I. Joe Cobra was in second place. Um, Chris's nomination. Uh, third place, a, a name we haven't talked about, and uh, I don't know that we talked that much about on the show. I guess we did a little bit, which is Incognito. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I'd did. call it a mini because I think they're alternating between that and, and Criminal yeah. as, as arcs go. Yeah, That's yeah, agreed. But uh, yeah, so so uh, but third place in terms of our voters' at least view of it was Incognito by uh, by um, Brew Baker and, and Sean Phillips and and Mister Bells. Uh, and then, uh, and then, rounding out the, uh, the the votes of significance was uh, was of course uh, was mysterious and fathomable. Um, yeah. Well. yeah, so great yep. stuff. Amun, ah, David, I made you. Shot. I made you giggle, didn't I? It, it, mm-hmm. it was cute. Amun, My one shot. It was. Uh, it was another one where it was getting towards the bitter end for me. I'm looking around and I'm like, All right, well, what the hell? What am I going to pick? And, and yeah, that was, was empty for a while. It was. It was. Uh, and and I was like, and this weekend I was just going through a few one shots, and then it dawned on me that that I didn't. I'll I'll talk about it at a later date. This thing is beautiful. Uh, you picked the same shot. one I picked. <laughs> <laughs> I was going yours, to. Yours is beautiful too. You, know, I, yeah, you I, I damn well right it is. I'll let you talk about it. This is uh, 
The Trial of Thor with uh, with beautiful artwork by Karen Nord. And as much as I think Dave Stewart does beautiful work on top of Karen Nord with, 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 with his colors, this is colored by Christina Strain. Mm-hmm. And it is it's breathtaking. It's it's written by Peter Milligan. It it it's it's a one shot where uh, basically um, Loki naturally um, basically, quick little rundown is um, Balder tells Odin oh, as quick as I can. Balder tells Odin that uh, Death Thor is going around killing and murdering, and uh, and so he sends the warriors three out to uh, to investigate and. Uh, and things aren't what they appear to be, but I, I don't. It, it's almost like I don't even see the words, at, at, which is a disservice to Milligan. But the, the artwork is just mm-hmm. is is amazing, and uh, and I don't know anybody else who, who, who's read it this year. But uh, I'll. Uh, is I'll that talk. in the Ages of Thunder collection? No, it's not. It was. It, oh. it's, it came out afterwards. It's. 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 Because uh, I'm pretty sure that Ages is just. They're just trying to keep it with uh, with what fraction yeah. right right um th- th- this is this came out after the uh, the Alan Davis Thor one shot that was out I think was it late in mm. 08 or early 09 but but oh, uh, Alan okay. Davis the Thor one shot also I think it was the history of time or, or something to do with time but yeah. this uh I can't take my eyes off it mm-hmm. <laughs> it is breathtaking yeah it is um who up I am up uh, for me we this, no- this one. Nice. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I mean, we we again, um, not surprising. We gushed about this on the show. I I I still am giddy uh, as I think about this issue. Um, Chris talked about IDW, and uh, and a large part of the reason IDW deserved praises here was uh, was Andy Schmidt's um, overseeing the revival of the GI Joe franchise, um, which was as a a kid of the '80s, GI Joe was my favorite toy, it was my favorite cartoon, um, but I was never into the the post Marvel comics as much. I never thought they matched up to the Larry Hama stuff. But uh, IDW has brought GI Joe back with a vengeance. Um, all the comics are a treat, and no more so than than the GI Joe Cobra, which has been so successful that they're actually putting out a, a second uh, series this year, G.I. Joe Cobra 2. But uh, the G.I. Joe Cobra special uh, was a one-shot that came out after the miniseries. And it actually it lived It lived up to that moniker of special. Yeah, absolutely did. It uh, For those that didn't listen to the episode, we, you know, it just it basically revolved around Tomax and Zamot, which, again, much like Chuckles was kind of the laughing stock of the G.I. Joe team, and people thought, can you really write a comic about Chuckles? And they did it. Um, you know, I would say that, that Tomax and Zamot were kind of the sillier two of the sillier characters on the Cobra side of things, and yet this this one shot, much like in the spirit of the way they treated Chuckles, treats these guys as absolute dead serious badasses. And uh, and it and it constructs the comic in a completely symmetrical way um, where, you know, for the first 11 pages, you're looking at a uh, at a version of Tomax, and then the last 11, it's Zamot, and it literally is, uh, you know, with with each page, you match it up against it. It's, uh, pa- it's panel, numerical opposite. Panel. Yeah, panel, Absolutely. panel, panel by panel. panel. Yeah, so so I mean I'll let you go from here, Chris. But to me, this was this was you know this along with Jonah Hex fifty in terms of single issues were the the two that just leave an indelible yeah. mark in in my psyche this year. So yeah, the, this um, 
you know, back uh, with Jonah Hex 50, that was favorite single issue. I, th- this is kind of an either or uh, for me. I, I almost put this in in that category as, as favorite issue, but I needed to get Jonah Hex 50 in there somehow. Um, for for a favorite single issue for me. It, it's kind of like with the uh, uh, the collected edition. It needs to go above and beyond. And every great once in a while, you get a comic book that that realizes that the comic book medium is unique to any other entertainment medium out there. And it, it kind of raises its its head up and says, "Hey, this is a unique medium, and I'm going to use that to its fullest." And the GI Joe Cobra Special of all books, you know, if you come into 2009 and tell me that GI Joe Cobra Special was going to use the medium better than any other single issue of a comic book that year, I I would have thought you were crazy. But it it did it. And I, I love that whenever whenever creators push the bounds of what this medium can do and how unique it is. So it was awesome. Nice. Very good. Yeah. Finishes favorite, off its- Yeah. And my favorite one shot does very much the same, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's <laughs> it's Dark Rain the List Punisher, aka Death Race Frank Castle. Fucking nice. <laughs> a brutal ballet of just carnage. Uh, I talked about it earlier in the show. If you're joining us late in the game, why you would be, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> an amazing, amazing comic for, for $3.99. Worth every freaking penny. Klaus Jansen, John Romita Jr., and Rick Remender. Just nice. astounding. Uh, Frank Castle cleaved into bite-sized chunks. How can you go wrong? You can't. You can't. You can't. Can I throw my my honorable mention in real quick? To uh, um, I, I talked about the JSA versus Cobra, the Faces of Evil. If you guys remember that at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, uh, mm-hmm. the DC's Faces of Evil, um, mm-hmm. whatever uh, they were doing, there was a standout issue in that. It was the Faces of Evil Cobra by Ivan Brandon. Oh yeah, it. yeah. Of Vikings name. It. I I hope that they and they won't do it. But I hope that they put that single issue in the JSA uh, versus Cobra miniseries because that leads directly into it. Totally redefined Cobra as an organization, in uh, as a terrorist organization um, for me in the DC universe. Fantastic single issue uh, of a comic. So mm-hmm. track it down. You'll be able to find it at cons, I'm sure, this year. Really fantastic issue. Yeah, no doubt. Cool. Seventeen no percent uh, of the audience uh, agreed with Chris and I. GI Joe Cobra Special Number One. Um, I think it was two percent until we gushed about it, and then uh, a lot of people went and bought it and realized how awesome it was. Kudos. <laughs> uh, it, and that that the is the that, 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 that is included in the trade, by the way. Yes, it is oh, exactly. Damn right, um, it should be. And, and uh, not to uh, disappoint uh, the the uh, Vince Beesians of the world, ten uh, percent also voted for Dark Rain Punisher the list. Um, cool. So, crazy. Uh, in third place, which um, is interesting because I you, this is one of those books I think it's pretty hard to categorize, and I think probably heard it 
when it came to uh, awards this year. But uh, showing up in third place in this category, 8.5% voted for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 1910. Yeah. Which, um, you know, I think I've some – it's funny. When I tallied votes, some voted for it for best, you know, uh, OGNs. Okay. Some voted for it for best comic. Some voted for it for best – you know, one shot. So it's. Yeah, I think this probably because people weren't sure what to categorize it. I probably heard it from showing up in uh, a more prominent position. But in this case, it did manage to to make this one. And uh, and, and certainly, you can't ever. Uh, you know, when you're talking league, you can't ever uh, besmirch uh, the quality of, of that work. So. Hey guys, it's Logan from Regina. I uh, just wanted to call and wish you guys a happy new year. And just tell you a little bit about some of the comic goodness that I have in front of me and a little bit of how I'm mixing up some technology into my world. First off, I went into my local store on the uh, Do Not Buy Week provided to us from our friends over at Diamond. I did pick up the Blackest Night, which was awesome. Also, since I was there, I decided to pick up uh, some reading material for my trip down to Mexico next week, escaping some of this uh, fine, fine Canadian winter. So I picked up a Asterius Polyp based on your guys' recommendations. Um, also picked up the three-story, The Secret History of the Giant Man, uh, Jeff Lemire's book, Essex County. Uh, I had read that at the library, but picked up a copy of my own. Uh, also picked up the fourth and fifth trade of 100 bullets. Trying to get through that. A uh, little confused, but I'm sure it all comes together. Uh, I also picked up the lock and key, uh, the first and second, and was reading the back of uh, Head Games, the second one. Loving the book. And when I saw that uh, Joe Hill had written a couple books, I thought, well, that would be kind of cool to take with me down to Mexico. So I popped onto my new Kindle that my wife so kindly bought me for Christmas, popped in Joe Hill, and within about five seconds had bought his two books that he had published on there. That part about technology, I'm loving. Uh, I can just pick a book out at any point in time get it downloaded, don't have to run to the store, don't have to go to the library. It is just awesome. Anyways, guys, um, I have a few uh, episodes on my iPod. I'll be listening to you as I'm sipping, you know, one or two margaritas or a couple cervezas down in Mexico. You guys have fun. Uh, And again, looking forward to uh, a great year of comic booking with uh, my friends at 11 o'clock comics, around comics, and all the other podcasters out there. Who's uh, who's up next? I believe you is. Oh, I is. Yes. Well, we're getting to the we're getting to the big ones here. Um, this is the uh, favorite ongoing comic. Um, sh- should we? Uh, do you want to? I know we're doing reverse, but do you want to? Uh, do you want to do Marvel, DC, other, and then ongoing, or do you want to? Because I would say on favorite on goings probably supersedes those other three, but okay, cool. We we just need to kick it up a notch because we're creeping up on three. Yeah, I know, I know. That, that's okay. a long stretch. So do you want to want me to do Mar- Marvel and then we can do Marvel yeah. DC other? Okay, okay, that's cool. So three two, we want to do three two one, and we'll I'll jump in. Oh well, we'll just keep it in. This is cool. This is real. 
There you go. Keeping Keep it real. It real nice. Nice. Okay, okay. Hey, hey, if they if they if they hung with us this long, they're gonna That's they're right. not gonna, gonna go into the home straight. So okay, so favorite Marvel book. Uh for me, Incredible Hercules. Um Pac and Van Lenthe spun an absolutely unbelievably fun yarn that uh was smart, insightful, um, had depth um, it had action. It just was everything a comic should be. Um, there's not an issue that I, I didn't cherish. I, I, I bought all the issues. I bought all the hardcovers. Um, it's top of my stack. Every time it comes in the uh, box, I read it first. Um, just an absolute treasure and, and probably uh, one of the more surprising treasures as well because, you know, it, it obviously they renumbered Incredible Hulk into Incredible Hercules uh, coming out of uh, World War Hulk and, and a lot of people kind of dismissed it as a as a gimmick and it ended up being you know lo and behold I think one of Marvel's most smartly written and most consistently well written uh, books and it uh, and yep. it's only gotten better as those guys have kind of you know found their uh, you know, their cadence so uh, so so damned if, if if I don't want this book to go on for a long long time so Incredible right. Hercules is my Word. pick that was my runner up because uh it speaks to the it speaks to the head the as well as uh the heart but primarily it's a smart well written book so it, it it's like i said speaks to the head my main pick speaks to my heart it, it, this is everything i love about comics it is the bastard child of jack kirby and uh, it is the perfect culmination of what this character is it's a big book it, it, the the layouts are large the action is huge it's jeff Loeb's hulk yeah. uh, you know yeah, watch your and, and wood's probably going to kick me in the cojones for picking this but art adams frank cho ed mcginnis and and uh creatively energized ian churchill who who went from great artist to uh, you're okay but there's something missing and he just revamped his style into this Dan DiCarlo hyper-stylized, just gorgeous way of uh, take on the Hulk. Uh, X-Force made an appearance. Deadpool, it's huge. The Hulk is everything that, that a Hulk comic should be. And do not ever discount Ed McGinnis. The the uh, preview pages we've seen for the Red Hulk thing fight, oh my God. Yeah. Are those, those things are butter. They're, they're just... Uh, Jack is smiling somewhere because that is pure Kirby. And that's what I love about this book. It's it's not I don't want to downplay the efforts of the creative team by saying it's big dumb fun, but it is. It's just mm-hmm. a, 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 a I think they take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It's it's a shit shitstorm every month. Um comes out on time, oddly enough now. No, now, now it does. Okay. Yeah, now it does. Uh it's just a lot of fun. And and I love the Hulk, and I, and I love what they're doing with this title. So it's my number one Marvel book. I'd like right. to say it's mindless fun or entertainment, but I mean, there's a mystery there. You're, you're, there's a plan. You're, you're there's going, a plan. Exactly. Yeah. So dribs and drabs, though. I will say they're they're really stingy with how much information they let out, but they know they got you, so they yeah. keep just dragging you. And they got me. So I love it, cool. Hulk. Um, it w- it was a tough year for me with Marvel. Um, <laughs> now I'm well. Um. My favorite, my favorite Marvel uh, books leading up to 2009 were uh, Immortal Iron Fist and Captain America and Daredevil. And in 2009, those all of those books either disappeared or only had a couple issues come out. 
Um, so it was it was hard for me because I, I felt like my favorite books weren't weren't really available because a lot of those characters were being either um, kind of put on ice or being taken up by by events. So um, I had to kind of search around. Now there are other books like. Incredible Hercules and Guardians of the Galaxy, which I absolutely love. Uh, I think Guardians, um, everything that's going on in the Abnet landing verse is, is awesome, but I think sometimes, like all events, um, that will occasionally happen at the, um, um, uh, at, it doesn't always help the single issue or the single title as a whole. I think it works, but I, th- I think that Guardians has has gotten a little um, um, caught up in in uh, either um, uh, War of Kings or uh, Realm of Kings, you know that stuff. Um, so whenever I looked at it, um, Sword I absolutely love, but it needs a few more uh, a few more issues under its belt before I can anoint it as my favorite Marvel book. Um, one that uh, one that gets passed over because it's not mainline Marvel, and I think it's something that Marvel is doing probably as good as anybody is doing adaptations of um, of novelizations. And Marvel's mm-hmm. The Stand is consistently one of my favorite top-of-the-stack books, and it continues to show what a badass Mike Perkins is. So my favorite book uh, from Marvel is The Stand. Cool. Can I with you that? said adaptations. I thought you were going to say Anita Baker. Uh, the... <laughs> Anita Blake, oh, see? Even I was going to say, Anita Baker. Anita Baker. Is that the Ring My Bell chick? <laughs> no. No. Adaptions. Adaptions. It's getting late. I'm sorry. Adaptions. Uh, my favorite Marvel book, as uh, considering it's it's Vince's favorite hero, uh, just with the, 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 the output and, and as consistently entertaining things have been, I, I just started... Um, I'm getting caught up now. I, I just started on uh, the beginning of the Gauntlet, so I'm in the middle of uh, of the first chapter with Electro. But nice. you know, it, it was—it's just been a hell of a year with everything that 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 obviously Peter's gone through, and then it, it, it with the wedding in issue 600, and and Mary Jane coming back. But even you know, before that, with the little bit that there—I mean, everything like with the Hulk, with there's a plan. Mm-hmm. Th- you have to be patient. With with Amazing Spider-Man, there they, I I'm you have to be patient, but you're you're getting it every week, which is awesome. So yes. you're patient, but woof, you get but so much of it every month. You're you're getting a ton of it. It's 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 great creators working on Amazing Spider-Man, and and you have uh, it's it's funny, it's entertaining. But I mean, you know, if if you want to know what the hell happened back at the beginning of or the end of, of one more day, you know, they're not. Given everything right away, you know it's been two years now, going on three years, and and it's mm-hmm. it's still we still don't know yep. everything, and that's great. I love that. I don't want everything just handed to me over when I, no, it yeah. it it really is my favorite Marvel book right now. I can't yeah. wait to get my hands on it. And you know, it's one of those titles that Marvel plays the games with. Like I think it's Uncanny, where right. they'll they'll give you two two ninety nines, but this week it's going to be three ninety nines because we threw a, a yeah. couple extra pages right. in. Right, right. That doesn't even bother me. I bring it up to the the counter. It's like three ninety nine. Oh, charge okay. me double, my good man. Uh-huh. I don't care. Yes. Yeah. I want this book. I want it. So I mean, I don't. Money is no object when it comes to mm-hmm. amazing because it's that friggin' good. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, our audience uh, agrees with uh, the king. Seventeen uh, percent uh, also voted for Amazing Spidey, uh, and uh, well deserved. Uh, second place was Incredible Herc with eleven point four percent. Getting over ten percent of the vote was Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, rounding out um, actually with a solid seven percent. Fourth place was. Uh, criminal uh sinners so nice. um Ooh. yeah i mean but uh you know look marvel puts out 80 to 90 books a month so you know there were lots of different votes for different things but i think uh we hit on uh, on some of the the more noteworthy of the bunch so yes indeed all right mm-hmm. favorite dc book i it's so great that i can take this one <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite dc Fitting. book is is a magic combination of two creators that on this title Click so well. It, I think this will be their their of of all the books they've created in their partnership. This will be their milestone. Uh, didn't really care for the Bloodhaven stuff. Uh, yeah, they they hit and miss with me on some projects, but they are gold, absolute gold on Jonah Hex. There, this this like I said, this book is magical. It it uh, harkens to the the bygone days of old when I was a kid, and it opens the door into the future. They they settled upon this mix of of vintage and contemporary that I, I haven't been able to figure out how they do it, but they do. And and just the artists they 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 choose just fantastic work. Jonah Hex is the DC book for me, and uh, I didn't factor Vertigo into this. So just uh, DC proper Jonah Hex definitely. It is awesome. Yes, it is. Um, but not as awesome as Detective Comics. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> no, Jonah Hex is great. But uh, uh, Greg Rucka is one of my favorite writers. Uh, that's no, that's, that's no secret. Uh, J.H. Williams is one of my absolutely favorite artists. And, uh, you want to talk about, uh, uh, comic book marriages made in heaven. Uh, Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams on, on Detective Comics, uh, doing Batwoman. And, uh, definitely put, uh, uh, Dave Stewart in there with the creative team. Uh, hit on all cylinders. It is absolutely gorgeous it's the first time i've read a greg rucka book and i've been like oh yeah the writing was okay but god the art was amazing i mean that's that's how beautiful this book is um but i love the story uh it's it's a character that i know is is really close to to greg's heart and uh it just uh it's 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 awesome it is uh um, something I look forward to when it comes out, and I know that J. H. Williams isn't uh, um, isn't the kind of artist that can keep up on a on a really tight monthly schedule. Um, but we we have been able to see him do um, some some neat experimenting with his style and you know more of the amazing page layouts. But this last story arc, the the secret origin of uh, of Batwoman, um, he totally switches up style and it took me it took me a couple issues to go uh, he's doing david mazzichelli he's he's doing batman <laughs> it is it's batman year one david nice. mazzichelli and i'm just like holy crap how good are you whenever you can go oh okay for three issues i'm gonna do david mazzichelli and then go back to doing the stuff that that he was doing in the first what three three four issues of the series detective is awesome cool and my favorite DC book. <laughs> yeah. among, among many. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right Same now, my favorite uh, DC book would uh, would be another title that we've talked about already throughout this episode, Rebels. 
It's yes. uh, it's one of the only DC books where I um I have to get each issue, and uh, I am not I'm 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 an issue or two behind. But uh, but yeah, once um once I know once I'm done, I I need to get the next one. So it's 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 fun. It's it it's it's just pretty. It is well that too that too. The art teams have have been uh, have been great on it, and uh, it does it 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 keeps me. It's it, it stringing me along. I, I I want to know. I want to follow the story. I want to know what's going on. Great, great. Total, totally redefined Starro as a as a yeah, absolutely. A villain. Yeah, it's it's not a big stupid starfish. You're all breaking up, buddy. You're van- yeah. exterminate. exterminate. Oh yeah. Um, it totally is. Starro, in fact, was almost my vote for uh, best villain or team because because I thought they did such a great job with it, but. Um, Unlike Vince, I did count uh, Vertigo in uh, in this category because uh, we didn't have a, a best or a favorite Vertigo series, so I figured I had to throw it in there. Um, and then once I did that, it was pretty easy for me. It was scalped uh, by Jason Aaron um, and R.M. Guerra. Um, this book is one of those books. There's probably a handful of these books that are out there that are so good each month that they've almost become passe and uh, – and uh, you know we kind of stopped talking about them, and they stopped getting praise just because they've set such a high bar for themselves that they, uh, you know, it's almost like it takes a almost a miracle to uh, to be noteworthy because every issue is so fantastic. But uh, I do think that you know Jason is probably to most of the world better known now for the stuff he's doing at Marvel, um, which I guess you know sells more and stuff. But but to me, as much as I'm a Marvel fan. Um, Nothing he's done at Marvel holds a candle to his work with Scalps, which I think is his true love. Um, you know, it's 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 a story, obviously, of of a bunch of. There's not a there's not a hero in in the book. It's a story of a Indian reservation in a casino and um, and the machinations that go on with that, as well as uh, you know a uh, an FBI agent who's who's uh, implanted there and 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 goes goes and miss himself and um and, and every character is just so richly developed. Um, and, and again, every one of them is just so horribly flawed that you, you really are picking your favorite anti-hero and voting for them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, relative to like, if I'm comparing this to a TV show, it's, it's, it's very reminiscent to me of, of Deadwood, which is probably my favorite TV show of the last decade. And that, again, there really isn't any true, tried and true, just good guy in the, in, in the, in the series. It, it's, it's a bunch of, uh, lesser evils that you kind of just glom onto to one for whatever reason you glom onto them, and uh, and that's scalped. And uh, and and every issue I read, it's just like I just you know slap my forehead and say, "Holy shit!" And uh, and it's 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 just a magical book. And and um, I wish sincerely, if I had magic powers, I wish I could wave my magic wand and, and have ten times as many people read this book as uh, as do read it because uh, sure. it deserves the praise. So, when, yeah, whenever when when that sucker becomes a H HBO um, series, which which it should, then people mm-hmm. I guess will read it because it's it's tailor made for that. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Um, so, uh, in terms of the audience vote, this was one where we didn't really jive with the audience, um, maybe because it didn't seem like they counted Vertigo either in their votes. Uh, the winner, with almost 20% of the vote, was Green Lantern, um, which, again, I can't dispute. That's probably is my favorite uh, DC mainstream book that's out. Um, it's just, you know, hell, a good good book by, obviously, written by Jeff Johns, and the uh, pencils for the most, most of the year by, uh, by Yvonne Heiss, uh, Ivan Rice, for those who don't want to say his name the proper way. Um, but uh, just just beautiful stuff, and obviously at the epicenter of, of Blackest Night. Um, in second place was Batman and Robin with almost uh, 14% of the vote. Uh, again, another fantastic series that we haven't 
unfortunately found enough room for in our in our votes. Mm-hmm. And um, Detective uh, just uh, under eleven, and then Secret Six with Justin Durate. So uh, so you know um, DC again had a, had a pretty damn good year, especially with their top titles. Cool. Let's do a couple lightning rounds. Let's do shall, it, shall we? Um, favorite other book, uh, real quickly. Uh, just like Jason was just saying about Scalped, when something is so good for so long, you almost take it for granted. Hellboy has been so good for so long that sometimes I think we take it for granted. But this year there was an eight-issue uh, limited series called Hellboy the Wild Hunt that um, really kicked things into gear. And um, it was the, the first miniseries that Hellboy's been in in a while that I think uh, totally lit the Hellboy universe on fire. Big changes, big changes about Hellboy going on there, and it was awesome. Hellboy the Wild Hunt. Nice. Uh, Mark Wade and Mink Oosterveer uh, by Boom Studios published uh, The Unknown. First uh, first miniseries is four issues. Second miniseries is, uh, is underway. Um, I've talked about it in the past. It is my, uh, my current favorite other book. I, it, great art. And and one of uh, one of my favorite Wade stories. Nice. Uh, for me, it's a book I hope to talk about more in 2010. Echo by Terry Moore. Uh, he writes and uh, draws it. It's uh, his follow-up to Sanders in Paradise, Complete Departure. It's a sci-fi uh, espionage book. It's uh, it's just really fantastic, and it's actually near the top of my stack every month. But I, for some reason, don't don't talk about it on the show much. So I'm going to try and rectify that this uh, this year. Excellent. Okay. You're in distress. You have to find a place to relieve yourself. You you go into a public restroom. You don't want to touch the, the door because there's some sticky stuff that you don't know what it is on there. You kick the door open, pull down your pants, look down, and the thing is filled with human waste and part of it's moving. That's the boys. <laughs> and I love Boy, the boys. Boy, I hope that gets on the back of the book. Huh? I, I, I love the boys. <laughs> it, it, is, it is way disturbing and features the, the, the most disgusting examples of of human and post-human that you can imagine but it, i need it i need it i want it and i have to have it yeah the boys. You're, you're you got you got you're right about that that's a book you and i both love Vince, and uh, we don't talk about that much either yeah. uh the winner for the audience again um 17 so a pretty big vote and uh and did not coincide with us is uh walking dead which again, I think mm. is one of those books. Certainly, that. it's it's uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, but I read it in trade, as I think Vince does, and I think you yes. guys. So that's probably why we don't talk about it that much. But certainly, uh, well deserving. Um, and uh, just rounding out the uh, the top three were uh, Hellboy slash BPRD. So in line with uh, with what Chris was talking about, and uh, Chew. So good stuff. Nice. Thanks. Go. Uh, my turn. Favorite ongoing mm. is. Uh, Big ones. Books that I've 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 uh, talked about as well. It's uh, Madame Xanadu by Matt Wagner. Oh, and, nice, uh, nice, yeah, yeah. And and and, uh, and Amy Reader Hadley and 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 of course Michael Kaluta, Richard Friend on Ink. So yeah, it's uh, it is. I'll, I'll probably read it before Rebels when it comes to to, to a DC book. But every issue I have uh, I've just been in love with. Sweet. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with you there. For me, um, I just I split my vote here between favorite Marvel book and favorite ongoing. I could have swapped them. Uh, since Incredible Hercules was my favorite Marvel book, uh, favorite ongoing went to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Again, as I talked about before, it's just one of those books that makes me giddy. Um, love all the characters. I think Abnett and Landing are just at the top of their game with it. Just smart dialogue. It's funny. It's action-packed. It's suspenseful. Um, you know, the little vignettes are just what get me, whether it be, uh, you know, Rocket Raccoon sitting on a booster chair or fucking Groot, you know, sipping on a, you know, a, th- a five-foot, you know, martini. It's just hysterical. And uh, and I just, uh, I-, I love the book like a uh, like few others. So uh, so that's that's definitely my favorite ongoing right now. Cool. Of all the publishers and all the incarnations of these things we like to call comic books, mini comics, web comics, OGNs, graphic novels, uh, monthly periodicals, one bubbles to the surface. I think it is the best example of what a comic book is and could be, and that's Fables. There, there is no better comic out there every month. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I. <sighs> it's my Sandman. <laughs> nice. Uh, Black Knight's been awesome. Love Green Lantern. Most of the time, my favorite ongoing. But but really, I'm going to go back to Detective. Detective is my favorite ongoing right now, and only going to get better. Well, not better, but a lot to look forward to with Jock, which is not yeah. a step down at all art wise. You're damn right. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the audience uh, was a little divided from us. Uh, they're uh, much like their favorite other book. It was also their favorite ongoing with um, almost 16% of the vote voted for Walking Dead. Again, uh, not surprising. It's uh, certainly one of our favorites and I uh, can't argue with it. Um, Green Lantern ju- finished just behind it at almost 15% of the vote. Scalped and Amazing Spider-Man tied for third. So um, quite a diverse group of, uh, of, of, of uh, votes there from our audience. Sweet. Sweet. Now we're up to who's up next? Uh, You're next. Uh, no, yeah. What's next? for favorite writer. Yeah. Favorite so writer. We're, we're, on the home, we're in the home stretch here, people. The uh, the, the last group of uh, categories. Favorite writer. Um, wait, wait, wait. Favorite writer artist, right? No, if we're going from the top. Oh. Yeah, let's, let's do the top. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite writer. Um, just you know, cr- so many potential nominees here this was one of the harder ones for me um but uh in terms of the overall quality of all the things they write um and how much i enjoyed them i had to go with uh dna uh abnet landing um you know obviously they write guardians they also write nova they also write the uh you know the the cosmic events which uh, this year was was largely war of kings uh and then realm of kings um they just have a, a great rapport uh and they uh you know, again, they, they, they somehow managed to combine the wit with the action, and uh, and I just adore them. I think they're at their, their pinnacle. And even if they're in the business for another 30 years, I, I think that, you know, when they're when people look back on their careers, they'll think that uh, the last few years were probably their halcyon days. So, um, so, so, so mad props to them. They're, they're, they're easily my favorites of the year. I wanted to give this to Willingham based, mm-hmm. based on fables. But the man I chose, I feel, is a bit more diverse and and does more with his ability mm-hmm. uh, because he publishes what three, four books a month uh, on mm-hmm. top of other things. Uh, I gave it to Robert Kirkman because yeah. Walking Dead is a massive achievement, uh, one of the cool. the most fully realized cast of characters ever in comics. The story would be completely lost if you did not care for the characters, uh, the events of the story that 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 uh, the violence and the, and the and the bloodshed would mean nothing if you didn't care about these characters. Invincible pretty much 
the best, if not one of the best, if not the best superhero comic every month. Uh, Astounding Wolfman, Image United. The guy's great, and and he's all over the place. Uh, so I gave it to Kirkman. Can't argue cool. with that. Yeah. Um, and David did, wanted to take Kirkman, but I said, "Dude, I'm both." Did. No, I, I <laughs> fought over that. Uh, DC is my favorite publisher uh, this year. I think that they kicked ass. Uh, did amazing work, and there's one guy that is at the center of all of it. He's got his fingerprints all over the Superman books, the, uh, you know, coming out of, of different events. Uh, Blackest Night, I think, is the, the, the biggest and most fun event that I've read out of the event books. I think someone finally figured out how to do a big fun event and I think for the kind of comics that that I enjoy reading month in month out there is no better writer than Jeff Johns period end of story the fact that he's never won an Eisner for best comic book writer is a travesty Hmm. yeah you're right nobody does it better guys it's for mainstream superhero comic books I, I think the guy is amazing Okay. From uh, from he passed off the uh, the writing chores on the first class and the X Men first class books, Agents of Atlas, Mysterious the Unfathomable, the uh, working with Loeb on Fall of the Hulks. I gotta go with Jeff Parker. Excellent choice. Yep. Thank you. Read Underground. <laughs> yep, that is on my list. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, there's no question. Parker's the man, um, and uh, the the audience was certainly in line with Chris, which you know shouldn't be surprising because DC had such a uh, a resounding win as well. Twenty three percent of the audience voted for Jeff Johns, and I think certainly, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I voted for Jeff Johns last year. But he's had a hell of a few years, and he's pretty much uh, he's he's in control of the DC universe, and uh, for for better or for worse, for sure. He writes um, everything. He does. Um, Grant Morrison, who uh, we haven't talked about at all tonight, um, actually came in second with 11%. Um, Brubaker came in uh, third with uh, 10%, and DNA uh, rounded out the uh, significant votes with uh, 8.5% of the uh, of the vote for favorite writer. So now we're up to favorite, favorite, penciler. favorite penciler. Vince B. Yes. <laughs> Such a pretty choice. Very easy choice for me. Can't argue with it. Uh, shocked, shocked, astounded. I marvel at this man's work month in and month out. He uses the page, like Mr. Williams, uh, with Chris, uses the page in new and innovative ways. Mark Buckingham. Mm-hmm. Oh, this man has come so far in his career. He is uh, just a, a force to be reckoned with, and I, I love his work. He is yeah. awesome. Um, Detective Comics was my favorite ongoing. It was my favorite DC book. And J.H. Williams was a huge part of that. Especially, you want to get down to the nuts and bolts of, of saying penciler. Do yourself a favor. Go track down some of his um, uh, finished pencils, uh, pre-ink, and just look at what this guy puts down on paper. It will blow your mind. It's yep. amazing. Very cool. Uh, based on his Amazing Spider-Man work, his his Punisher 
homage covers. Uh, I went with Mike McCone. There were a couple of people I had in mind, but just by looking at their body of work over, over 2009, I, uh, I'm going with McCone. Wow, buddy. What? Wow, look at that. You don't like, <laughs> you don't like this spike. The yeah, about, about the odd couple over there. Spider-Man artist for Vince. I own a Mike McCone page, so I'm right with you, David. Um, Good man. And, and I can't, and also, uh, Buckingham was my choice in 2008, and he's he's always one of my shorthand choices, and, and uh, he's a dude that uh, I hope to someday have a, a page of, because he's, he's ridiculous, and, uh, and uh, I just felt like, because Fables had such a strong year the year before, I didn't feel it was as strong a year, so I didn't nominate it, but I'm totally with Chris this time out. I mean, you know, with, with artists, especially with pencilers, I mean, they're, you know, usually most pencilers do one book a month, and so, you know, that's probably one of the hardest categories to zero in on because there, you know, are 90 to 100 pencilers that are kicking ass each each month, but uh, I'm with Chris. I mean, for me, the level that J.H. Williams took the craft this year was transcendent. I mean, I... I yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not a historically a huge Batman fan, um, and uh, you know, and, and to to read Detective and and, and to see the, the 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 stuff that was he was putting on the page of uh, for for Batwoman, and, and it, it just astounds. I mean, each page in and of itself is is gorgeous, and then when you realize that he switched up completely his art style and his approach based on um, which component of the story he was telling, it, it's it's I, I can't think of a mainstream book that some artist has put as much love and passion in oh. as J.H. Williams did this year in that book. So um, again, I you know, Eisner's are what they are, but if, if if in some weird cosmic way he doesn't win the Eisner this year, then it's a freaking travesty. Yeah. Um, you you he, open up that book and you're like, this shouldn't be in a comic. This should be hanging in a gallery. Yeah, I mean, I, I know DC is not as... Uh, prompt is, is Marvel with putting out the trades, but goddamn, please put out an oversized hardcover of this ASAP because it deserves it. Um, so yeah, J.H. Williams for me was uh, was definitely the uh, the guy this year. Um, as to the audience, they uh, they also agreed uh, 22% voted for J.H. Williams, um, which was about double the vote of second place, which is Frank Quitely, who, um, nice. interesting vote because he didn't do all that much this year. He, he did three issues of Batman Robin, which I think were amazingly beautiful issues, and he did a few issues um, in the early part of the year of uh, of All Star Superman. So I think he did. I think he only penciled five issues this year. But but again, his five issues are probably more impressive visually than than a lot of other people's twelve issues. So I can't really argue with it. And then um, uh, Yvonne Ice is uh, was third with um, with almost seven percent of the vote for his uh, astounding work on uh, on Blackest Night and before that Green Lantern. So. Again, I think we've already gushed about him. And uh, this is one of the more more disparate uh, – in fact, I think it was the most disparate. 57 different pencilers got at least one vote. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, nice. Wow. Yeah, good yeah, luck. That's awesome. A lot yeah. of talent out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who's that? Me? No? Yep. Who? Very me? fitting. You're up. Yeah, and it's fitting. Um, favorite anchor. Uh, this, this this should be David leading this one because this is <laughs> David's category. No, because the um, winner was all you, buddy. <laughs> uh. uh Doug Monkey is a fantastic penciler, and I even like Doug whenever he inks himself. But there is uh, a, an artist inker team that I think has created in uh, in the inker's uh, own words uh, a third person 
comes into the room whenever they work together and 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 something something special happens and that's Christian Alame. I think he takes Doug Monkey's work to a completely different level that um uh, is is pretty it's pretty amazing. Um I, I think that is the epitome of what uh of what a great inker should do is take uh, the penciler's art and uh and and make it bring out all the strengths in it and make the art uh even better than than what the, the penciler would have envisioned. I think I think Christian does that with uh with Doug Monkey's work. So Christian Alame. They are an awesome team. And yeah. uh and if I was up to date on on Greenland, then I probably would have uh, went with Christian. But based on what I read and and, and looked at over two thousand nine, uh, I gotta go with Rick Magyar. I I'm, I'm looking at War of Kings, and it is it it's it, him as as great as Christian is on on Doug. I, I think Magyar and, and Pelletier are are fantastic together. I um yeah, it, there were a couple people that I had in mind for it, but. Uh, I I just love the man's brushwork. Well, this is uh, King Dap's category, so I thought he would rattle off a bunch of uh, runners up. But uh, certainly, <laughs> no, uh, the time though. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, uh, for me it was Butch Geis, um, and, and Butch is also a, a penciler of, of some renowned as well. But um, when I was thinking through the inkers, uh, you know, Butch it, to me is the glue that holds the Captain America ongoing together. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been the inker for uh, much of the of the current Captain America run, whether it be Luke Ross or um, or, or the other artists, you know Perkins or um, Epting. Uh, Epting. Um, so, and, and then he's he's now currently um, inking um, over Hitch on uh, Captain America Reborn. So, um, and, and I think you know one of the things you hear about the Captain America series, even though it's had, it's had revolving artists, is that. Um, you know, it has a very consistent look, and I think that Butch, um, at least in, uh, in a good chunk of the praise deserves, it goes to him for that. So, um, so you know, there are a million great inkers, and in fact, a lot of pencilers that ink themselves were were on the short list for me in this category. But I wanted to give props to someone who primarily makes his living as an inker, and so I, I gave it to Butch. But uh, yes. great stuff. Jason, did you read Aquaman, Sword of Atlantis? I did because uh, you know I love Aquaman and uh, and I know but he penciled that as well, correct? Yeah, and uh, yeah, Resurrection yeah, yeah, Man, Butch yeah. is a he's a monster. Yeah, and he did a bunch of X Factor back in the day. No, that's what I'm saying. He's a penciler yeah. of, of some renown in his own right. Oh but I god, think this get, year, get get Stormy in Paradise. Yeah, oh my god. This, yeah. but so this year I think he made his mark as an inker and uh, cool. and he's he's the man. Uh, controlled chaos. I, I love <laughs> the way this man slings the noir. Uh, his his marks. And messes uh, speak to me, Klaus Janssen. Mm-hmm. I, I think he is uh, his graphic personality complements Ramita Jr. like none other. He he brings to life the the, the artwork in, in ways that really he adds to it, and his personality is very visible. But uh, like that uh, two-headed beast, uh, Terry Austin and John Byrne. When, when you see a Ramita Jr. and and Klaus Jansen work. Oh. You know who did it, and 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 it's a welcome, a very comfortable, uh, almost dangerous pairing because they're both loose and and fancy free, baby. I love it. Hey, this this yeah. country boy grew up on Miller and Jansen. Yeah, so, J- for sure. A freak, mm-hmm. man. 
Yeah. Now, but before I give the uh, audience's winner, I made a little joke about it being Chris's category. Uh, the reason for that is because I think, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think the the, uh, the magnitude people listen to it around comics. <laughs> yeah, the, the magnitude of the winner here, I think, is as much to do with the fact that he's been a guest and a very entertaining guest on Around Comics, Chris's other uh, show, uh, as it as it does his work. Not not in any way to disparage the quality of his work because it's quite good. But Christian Alame got thirty uh, percent of the vote, which uh, you know, again, for all the anchors that are out there in the world, that's a pretty big chunk of votes. Again, not to say he's not deserving, but I think it probably has something to do with the fact that he uh, told some pretty funny stories on AC over the last. <laughs> a few months. Um, and uh, really the only other inker of note that had more than 5% of the votes was uh, Klaus Janssen with 10%, which uh, again as, as Ben said, uh, he's he's one of the more uh, more well-renowned uh, inkers in the biz and obviously almost uh, synonymous with JRJR these days. So I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to try to have Christian not find out that he ran away with this because I'll never, ever, ever hear the end of it. His head <laughs> will get so much bigger than it, than it already is. It's there you go. He won't, be, he won't he won't be able to get into the plane to go back to France. It's like a head will be too big. All right, we got three more categories to go, and uh, Mr. Uh, DAP is up with uh, favorite colorist. Favorite colorist. This, this this was so hard. I, I was looking over and I figured, all right, well, who was my favorite? It was the best guest that we had on the show in December. Um, and, who gave and, me booze? And gifts aside, uh, just looking at the, the work he does and, 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 and how Val Staples can go from coloring something like Uncanny X-Men First Class and then something that, that Sean Phillips illustrates, it's, it's amazing. The man is, is a wizard. And, Dr. And, Hugh. Uh, yeah, without, without taking, uh, Vince's nickname for him, I, I just think that, uh, he is, he's extremely underrated, does not get the, uh, the recognition he deserves. He blinds you with science in a good way. Oh, yeah. Val Staples, that's my choice too. And good awesome. Piece. Yeah, well, uh, I can't argue with that, and obviously he's a friend of the show and, and awesome. Um, I went with probably, I guess, uh, I don't know, the, the more predictable Call I don't know the more conventional call whatever but but I think still deserving which is Dave Stewart yeah um, who who probably is you know I don't know if I don't know how you rank these things he's probably the most famous colorist in the biz I, I don't know but but again he he's still prolific and uh, when I looked at I, I, it was almost like I didn't want to vote for Dave Stewart because I was like well everybody names Dave Stewart but then I looked at the stuff he's done this year and I was like well goddamn how could I not I mean yeah you know. He did Umbrella Academy. I mean, he he did. Uh, you know, he does all the B. He, well, he doesn't do all, but he does most of the BPRD Hellboy stuff. Um, you know, he did the Goon, which was awesome. He does some Jonah Hex. Um, he does some Buffy. It's just like the dude does everything. You know, he did a little Wednesday comics. Um, it's just pretty much like if you can think of it, he's had a hand in it, and uh, mm-hmm. and there's probably a reason for that. He's probably on a lot of people's shortlist. I mean, he ended the year with you know the Marvels project and uh, a little bit of Punisher, and he of course does the uh, colors on uh, Detective, which is again, yes. I mean, for as, as much as yeah. J.H. Williams is uh, ungodly, the colors too are so stunning in that book, especially the reds, and uh, and that's all Dave Stewart's vision. So and different you know, styles, different yeah. I mean, styles. you know, this is a guy that colors five to seven books a month and they're all beautiful so i just i felt like as much as i i wanted to recognize some other people i i honestly feel he's he's one of the you know two or three best colorists so sometimes the obvious choice is the right one yeah yeah and i think you agree with me right yeah and and val val's amazing um we talked a little bit earlier about laura martin um who i think uh is um grossly overlooked 
sometimes as as being the uh, immense talent that she is in, in the industry. So, um, I mean, yeah, the, the colorist not not an easy job, um, but uh, but yeah, Dave Dave Stewart is is the fucking bomb. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. All right. All right, two more to go. Uh, this one is, uh, again, a late edition, which was a uh, favorite writer-artist, someone who does it all. And uh, this really, I think, was an important category I wish I had thought to you know, put out there in the beginning, but, but say la vie. Uh, for me, a um, couple different guys were in the running, but, but ultimately I had to go with, with our buddy Jeff Lemire. Um, he's an amazing creator, and uh, I think this was sort of the year where he really came into his own um, he had, you know, the fantastic, the nobody OGN. Um, as we talked about, he had the uh, the Essex County trilogy, which which was a reprint, which is beautiful. Um, he had a piece in the uh, in, in the noir OGN that we talked about, the uh, the anthology, and of course he has his first published uh, serialized work, which is Sweet Tooth, which has gotten plenty of props from us this 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 week uh, or tonight. So you know, for me, it's just you know, it's he's one of my favorites. He's a great guy, and I just think that we're going to see so much more of him in the coming years that uh, I, I couldn't not recognize him for uh, the quality of his uh, his work in, in, in a very, very crowded field. And he's yeah. unique, and he's never wavered from his style. Mm-hmm. He's never been afraid to do his art, and um, and, it, and he's awesome. Respect. Yep. Respect. Yep. Respect. My, my choice is a creator that has somehow managed to capture that youthful sense of wonder that gosh golly gee whiz uh about comics uh combined it with an adolescent uh did i just see a nipple and <laughs> no really and, and and like a uh uh a level of craftsmanship that only comes from a seasoned uh battle uh scarred creator and that's eric larson mm-hmm uh, his yep. comics are fun. They're beautifully drawn. Um, they uh, bespeak to that um, agape mouth, just this, like I said, sense of wonder of these huge, larger-than-life characters. And they're dirty. I mean, they're 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 not mm-hmm. particularly for kids. Uh, and he wraps it up in this beautifully designed, well-drawn little ball, and he gets out on time every freaking month now. So it's uh, one of the best letters pages in comics. It's it's a treat. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. You betcha. Um, this one, uh, someone that, that, that does it all, um, you're talking masters of the medium, and there are two guys that immediately came to mind, um, and that was Darwin Cook and David Mazzucchelli. And uh, for this year... Uh, and it may change that it's uh when uh, the absolute uh new frontier came out darwin cook there was no hire for me and he will always be one of my favorites but i think david mazzucchelli did something really special with Asterius this year and that guy is a master of the medium period i agree completely as, as my pick as well um i just Asterius Polyp just sucked me in right from the beginning. I, I, I couldn't put it down. And uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen his work on a page brand new like this. And, uh, and I just, it blew me away. Mm. Yep. For sure. Yep. Master. He's a master. For sure. And um, 
We're losing uh, wood. Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, this was a little lag here in turn uh, switching the page. Uh, so yeah, so again, Jeff Lemire um, was the big time winner here. He had uh, almost thirty two percent of the vote. Um, so we can't argue with that. Darwin Cook had just under twenty percent. So those two guys took a big chunk of the vote, and uh, Mr. Mazzucchelli came in third. So uh, you know, kind of in line with our own thinking there. Yep. Last but not least, what's this category? Pencilor Anchor. Hmm. I'm up. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you're up. Without question, my favorite Penciler Anchor. We've seen him on Wednesday Comics. We've seen him on the cover of Strange Tales. Mm, yeah, I'll go out on a limb. Nobody, nobody does it better than Paul Pope. He, he's the guy that dazzles me and astounds me with his ability, but on the other hand, I want to kill him and suck <laughs> his talent out of him because I wish that I could draw that well. Uh, yeah, he, he has the, the, the heart of a, of a kid, but he's got the mind of um, someone who's been making comics for 60 years. Figure that out. I don't know how he does it. Uh, the, yeah, he's astounding. I'm really tired. <laughs> almost done, man. Almost tried, baby. Uh, 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 Scotty Young is is he has he has done blown up, and he's my runner up uh, to the next guy who I think is going to absolutely explode in 2010. I think it is going to be the year of Chris Somney, and he is my favorite penciler inker this year. Awesome. Yeah, he was he was this close to being mine, but I figure uh <gasps> Oh my god. Wait. Is, is the love affair know, over? No, no. I, know, I was shocked. Been, shocked by this. Shocked, I tell you. No, was, he didn't leave a candy on the pillow. This uh, <laughs> the the came out Just a map in the where we, you know, the mighty is is over finishing up and and I know we've seen him in in a few things from Marvel this year in, in 2009, but I have a feeling that uh I'd be very surprised if if Chris isn't my pick for 2010, but for 2009, pretty much based on his uh, Agents of Atlas work is uh, Gabriel Hardman. Oh yes, the the work he puts on the page and just how everything just fits and looks right, and and the way he's similar to Somni to me, where 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 people look like like they're real, the clothes they're wearing, the way they they look and stand and interact, but just, just, just Cla- classic yet contemporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the perfect amount of crud. In I think that's art. what I was looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little dirty, but a little it's, bit dirty. Yep. Yeah, but it's perfect. Right. It's Why do yeah. they call it dirty? Uh, go ahead. Dirty, dirty. Uh, well, I, I half agree with David. Um, this was being the last category and, and sort of being able to take a little artistic liberty. I I, I had to give it a tie, and um, one of my two choices is definitely uh, Gabriel. Um, his stuff is astoundingly gorgeous, and uh, as I talked about earlier, I you know I I I, lo- I, his, I have a, I have a page of his, and it's just it's it's just amazing stuff. And I hope we I hope he he continues to do comics for as long as uh, as he's able, and and doesn't go back to the world of movies because I think we're all better for him doing comics. Um, and then uh, but but tied with him because I I had to give him props, and I I actually didn't give his work uh, props in any of my other votes, which was uh, Tom Fowler. Um, which I know you guys have all talked yep. about with his uh, work on Mysterious, but you know, to me, um, when we talk about all the uh, the classic guys, the EC and the Mad guys, I mean, I, Jack Davis is one of my favorite. He, he's he's one of my favorite um, 
you know, of all time. Um, and, uh, and to me, the first time I laid eyes on Tom's work, I thought, oh my God, it's Jack Davis's love child. So, um, and, and I was very pleased to find out after we, you know, got to know him that, that, that Davis is in fact a, a very major influence on him. But, uh, so those two guys, you know, who both obviously pencil and ink their own work are just, uh, astounding talents. And, uh, and I just had to, give them at least uh, props in some way in my, uh, my my ballot. So Tom Fowler and Gabe Hardman are my favorite, co-favorite penciler slash inkers of the year. Nice. We did oh. it. We made it. Oh. We made it. Uh, what? Uh, we, we're kind of sorry for breaking the bank, but in a way we're not because we had fun. I hope you did too. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a good year for comics. Or it was. You're not kidding. Remember this code. E-O-C-8. Oh. What, am I cracking up? No, I was gonna no. say yeah. You you, you stopped. So I was gonna go. Oh, hopefully someone's gonna oh. say C unless we yeah. E E O C eight because that code will get you an extra eight percent off the already Wumba discounts at DCBService.com. Discount comic book service DCBService.com. Thirty five, forty five, fifty, seventy five percent sometimes off the stuff. You cannot go wrong if your comic book local comic book shop stinks. Or if you're just looking for a change, try out DCB Service. They're great. They're amazing. And uh, uh, what the hell? Let's just wrap it up in in typical style. In your travels, do yourself a huge favor and pick up Marvel Boy, the Uranian. Ooh, good one. Because it's freaking great. Jeff Parker, man. All right. Um. We talked about so many comics. I gotta think of one so more. Many, I'm tired. Um, read Day Tripper by um, the the Ba Moon Brothers. Ooh, Fauchel. <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider Man got the gauntlet going on, man. It's good shit. It is. It is. Uh, I can't argue with that either. And uh, last but not least, uh, read. Uh, Wonder Woman, because oh, dude, he's part of the fucking Give them a reason, Give them a reason to publish the one issue and buy Wonder Woman. You know, next next week I'm going to uh, going to talk with you guys about the conversation I had with Sal this week about how Green Lantern um, kicked Wonder Woman out, and now he's part of the Trinity. You you may be right, dude. You well, may he is be part right. of the Trinity, and let me just say, uh, Hal, leave, Hal's, Hal's leave it on, on, on a last note. As much as your boy Rucka is the man, and Stumptown number two was good, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman Black Lantern number two ain't so nice. <laughs> it was rough, dude. Uh, I haven't read it uh, yet. Upbeat, upbeat. Uh, We're happy. We're happy right, and that. peppy. And I'm not going to scratch it. It's staying in, but we are bursting with We're love for comics. For we'll talk about it next Listen, time. seriously, congrats to everybody this year. Uh, it was a hell of a year. and uh, Look for your awards in the mail. Yep. And uh, thanks to all my buddies here for being on the show and uh, and yeah. uh, making it a fun thanks year. Thanks for having us. Thanks for keeping <laughs> me sane, you mothers. We're, we're almost approaching two years of this shit, as, as crazy as that is. So. Wow. Yeah, David didn't think it would last. Ha-ha. How about that, David? <laughs> Let it in go. Your, in your face. Yeah. Well, David's going to quit in episode 101 so that we... <laughs> <laughs> quit. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being here. We're going to have Ian, Ian Levenstein's difference. Oh. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, guys. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Holy. Oh, <laughs>